0: Welcome to the Orient Outlook Podcast with myself, Stephen Usbaum, and as always, my good friend, my bearded legend, Southstand Stand Chum, the beautiful Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello
1: everybody and welcome back. This is episode number 134 and we've got a lot to discuss this week. As well as the usual updates and news from around the club, we've got two games to review, one of which was a world first as a club broadcasted live to international fans as a historic first for our club. With Steve and I uh, as presenters uh, for the day, I hope that uh, any international fans that took that subscription were happy with what they saw uh, and we hope you got to see it. Um, If you did see it and were one of those uh, that that took the subscription, um, we'd be really grateful for any feedback. Obviously it was a first. Um, L.Webster at net. If you could email uh, Lauren for us, give her some feedback on that, uh, we'd be ever so grateful to you. That's L.Webster at LeightonOrient.net. Um, now it's time, really, to introduce our guest co host this week, as we're delighted to welcome back Assistant Manager Ross
2: well, Singleton. <clears throat> welcome back, mate. Thank you, Chips. What a week
1: it's been. Um, you were last on. Uh, episode one one eight which we recorded back in October, so just over four months ago. There's obviously been a lot of change at the club since then. Steve's left. Um you've had a spelling charge as caretaker as well. Um but the biggest change at the club really has seen the appointment uh, of Justin Edinburgh. Um, and in that four months we've transformed really.
2: Yeah, certainly, very much so. I mean like you say it's been um a lot happened in those in that period of time. Um some you know, some 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 not so good. You know, yeah. when we look back at the run that we went on and the difficult period that we went through. Um, but like I say, the, the changes that, that happened, I think when we got to a stage when, you know, it was, that was that was the right thing to do by the club and, and to try to uh, try to try to turn around that run that we'd been on. Um, and like you say, you know, I went through that three game period. It was first and foremost for me personally was really really eye opening. Um, Taught me a lot about what it takes and what a manager goes through, so I respect that position a hell of a lot more. Um, and then, obviously, like you say, Justin coming in and, and arriving, he's, he certainly turned us around and made us a completely different, you know, different, yeah, different outfit
0: really. It's incredible with the same
1: playing staff. Unrecognisable at times. Yeah.
2: So how
0: how has he done that? So what's he done? He's done anything differently, or has he just been a bit firmer? What's he done to kind of like we say, turn, turn it around?
2: Number of things really. Um, He's come in with a with a with an attitude with, with looking at what we did first and foremost. It was about what we did without the ball. Um, that we, you know, it's been discussed in the changing room since between myself and, and some of the lads was because you you know you do constantly analyse and wonder what, why we were going through the, the period that we that we did. But what he did, what he's brought to us first and foremost was mm. that energy, that enthusiasm, that intensity that people will say is a bare minimum. But when you're going for a run of results and you you're not doing particularly well, not performing different to, to the levels that you would expect to, you, you know, you it's a difficult thing to, to raise. And we we found that we were on occasions, whether people agree with me or not, there was there was games we were coming off afterwards thinking, dominated that one again, but we were unlucky or we give a sloppy goal away. And I think what the manager's done now is he's come in and created an atmosphere and an energy and enthusiasm and intensity, as I already mentioned, that sort of withdraws that luck yeah. you know you try to turn it in your own favour yeah. um, so the, the biggest things I've seen from him is you know he came in with an enthusiasm from day one um, he knew what he wanted and the first sort of five or six weeks or five or six games he had a real focus on making sure that the intensity in training was right so that day in day out the application you know the ability to close people down make more tackles make things a little bit more competitive day to day in training was right, um, and he and he did that from from the day that he walked in. Really, and, and wouldn't accept, and, and still doesn't. But that was his real focus from the outset was to try to make us a bit, bit of a different proposition when we didn't have possession of the ball. So, I think you saw that immediately, really, from when he came in. I know it didn't particularly happen at Solial, but you know the, the games from then on, you, you started to see that that intensity was there from the boys, and and, and you know every day in training was a you know a real. Real high tempo, um, and then that gives you a chance then to to compete with opposition day and day out because your habits are right. Yeah. Um, and then we know that you know the quality of the players that we have got in the squad, you know, can can go out and, and perform to a level to to cope and compete. And then and then it's about what we do when when we get possession, as to whether or not we we go and get a result. Um, and then following that, after those sort of first five or six games, then you start to reassess right what we're we not doing within those performances to. You know, to to help us win games a little bit more comfortably, or to create more chances, blah blah blah. Whatever you know, whatever the, the scenario is that you mm. find off the back of those games. But the biggest thing that he's brought is that real energy and enthusiasm.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned the squad since we last spoke. We've had new players in. So Dan Holman's yeah. here now. Brophy, Abu Adams, Coulson has signed permanently. and Kobe's back from his injury. Um, so arguably, arguably, we now have our strongest squad available to us at this point of the season.
2: Yeah, which helps as well. You know, yeah. as, as a manager, you. You know, when a manager goes, the natural thing is is that you know players sometimes follow, or yeah. there's a turnaround of players, or a change change around in, in players. And I think, obviously, those new lads that have come in have certainly that's certainly been the case to back up that point. Um, it, then what it's it's about is about the recruitment of those players being right for the club, being right for the group, to bring not just yeah. quality players in, but the right types of personalities. You know. You, that January transfer window, if you like, and that doesn't particularly apply to us across the board, but he's always a grey area, isn't it, because you see the top clubs not quite recruiting to the level that they would do mm-hmm. over the summer because they don't want to make those mistakes. So they're all really important things, and, and the manager came in with a plan as to what he felt we were lacking and our, uh, you know, how he felt other the types of personnel that, that would help us turn that around. What also helped him as well was the return of... People like George, people like Josh, big personalities. I feel when we were going through that ropey run that people did know that it was, they were a huge loss, you know. So, yes, it is a uh, similar makeup in terms of the players that that the manager and and I are working with as to what Steve and I were working with, but it's also the return of of one or two of those. Um, So, albeit the squad does look very similar, it also has gone through a big change because some of the players that were in the team, yeah, uh, you know when when the yeah, times were up. because you'd argue that George,
1: Josh, and Charlie were the original spine of that team. The two yeah. in the centre mid, and and to lose all three is like having quite a substantive part of the core taken. Yeah, up. And I think that
2: happened to any squad or yeah. any team wouldn't it if, if you bet if you're two centre-halves and, yeah. and, and you know what the, they're good players don't, don't undermine that for a minute but the characters that they are and the type of personalities they are yeah. having them together on the pitch is massive but then having all three of them dragged out the, the team at the same time is, massive as well. is tough um, <laughs> so yeah it, you know those things have all help, And then, like I say, the recruitment of the players that, that you know, the manager and, and the club have, have, have managed to bring in since he's arrived has you know, really helped us build a r- really strong squad in my opinion.
0: And speaking of characters, Dean Brew, um, Justin. one of Justin's first things he'd done was bring yeah. Dean Brewer in. I mean, he seems like a character. He's had a massive impact, say, on the pitch. I mean, what was he like to work I
2: think about? you all see it, because you, 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 of where you sit in the stadium, you can see the um, <laughs> impact that... I mean, we all hear him, but um, <laughs> the impact that Dean has on not just the back four, but on the on the team. Um, he's not just loud and not just a big physical presence. He's also constructive in the information that he gives. And, and when we train every day, that you know, you'll roll the ball out to someone, or the ball will go wide, and a cross will be about to. To, to come into the box and whereas I suppose your run-of-the-mill goalkeepers will be calling out for people to mark Dean's quite particular in the information that he gives maybe potentially because of the stage of the career that he, uh, of his career that he's at maybe because he's started to analyse the game differently because he's been coaching or also maybe the fact that as an experienced goalkeeper you know you haven't always got to just concentrate on yeah. the ball you know you can worry about other things that are going on around you and you're capable of looking at what's going on going around in you in your box to make sure that we're we're secure. So he's got a big voice. He's a he's a big physical presence, but it's the it's the quality of information that he that he gives over that that, that really adds a, a lot to us defensively.
1: Excellent. Well, We're going to be asking you a lot of questions throughout the course of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, we've obviously got two games to cover, but we're going to crack on with our usual roundups now. Of the uh,
0: starting with the supporters' club. Uh, updates? Yep, so two trips to tell you about, so firstly on Saturday the 3rd of March, this upcoming Saturday we travel to Dover, coaches leave Brisbane Road at 11am for a 3pm kickoff, and prices for this one are £22 for adults and £19 for concessions. And on Tuesday, the 6th of March, we travel to Hartlepool for our rearranged fixture that could be rearranged again, potentially. We'll come on to that a bit later. <laughs> Coaches at the moment leave Brisbane Road for this one at 12.30pm for a 7.45 kick-off and prices of £34 for adults and £31 for concessions. And a reminder, there's a £3 surcharge to non-members. And if you'd like to book for these trips, you can book uh, at the Supporters Club at any home game or by calling the travel line on double seven double two. One three five nine
1: There is a beer festival on Friday the 16th of March and the doors will be opening for that nice and early at 5 o'clock We'll be bringing you more details as soon as we have them And then a final one from the Supporters Club Uh, Linda uh, in the Supporters Club said yesterday that the Starman event is now fully sold out There are no more tickets available to purchase through the Supporters Club However, (laughs) However, if you have missed out We have a table, and there are four seats that are available at the moment. It's £40 a ticket. If anybody would like to come to that and sit on our table, you're more than welcome. It's £40, and that is a whole evening's entertainment, including a free course dinner. So get in touch with us. You can email us orientoutlook at outlook.com. You can DM us on Twitter. We're at orientoutlook.com. Or search us on Facebook and send us a
0: message there and we'll even get Ross Embleton to come over and give oh you a nice wow. big man hug or <laughs> a lady hug 40 quid <laughs> <laughs> so moving on in, we have an update this week from the Leigh and I Trust uh, who said the Kidney Research UK were bucket collecting at the Tranmere game, and thanks to the generosity of O's fans, £644 was raised for this very worthwhile charity, Becky Ball, community, community fundraising team leader, said afterwards, I just want to say a huge thank you for you giving us the fantastic opportunity to hold a bucket collection at the stadium on Saturday. I'm really happy with the result, and would like to thank the club so much. This has been such a success for us in so many ways. So great update there, and well done to... Every fan who donated part of that £644. Absolutely. On Thursday the 15th of February,
1: car-sharing trio George Ellicobi, Macaulay Bond and Josh Coulson popped into the Score Centre. That's a card I wouldn't cool. mind travelling to work in. Eh? <laughs> um, uh, they all popped into the Score Centre opposite the stadium to say hi to the many children participating in the half-term multi-sports activities facilitated by the Leighton Orient Trust. The players joined in with some basketball before signing autographs and then made their way over the road to some home changing rooms as they were the surprise guests on the now regular school holiday stadium tour. The 24 touristas couldn't believe their eyes when they spotted the O-Stars who chatted and posed for photos. The tour now lasts a full two hours as the east stand is included and more specifically the old home changing room with his, with its history and infamy as
0: well as the newly developed Fans for Diversity Hub. Yeah, and in, in association with playwright Rob Young and the London Borough of Waltham Forest and to coincide with the LGBT History Month the O's are proud to present Coming Out to Play which is a free storytelling event being held in the Legends Lounge at the club on Friday the 2nd of March <laughs> Jack and Ori for Adults the stories will be read by esteemed actors Jonathan Blake and Paul Keating the doors for this one open at 7pm with a 7.30pm prompt start and the bar will be open to book your free tickets visit www wfculture.eventsbrights.com. So some amazing work there uh, from the trust, and you know the players continue to be involved, and that must be so pleasing for you to, mm. you know, see all the players going out and, I'm sure, Justin and yourself, will go out, uh, yeah. you know, throughout the season. So it's
2: amazing. Fully, work. you know, fully, fully supportive of that. You know, it's um, it has a huge impact on the programs that the that the trust run, and. Uh, but like you say that in, in, in your in your uh, debrief there of what's gone on the, the the fact that it lights up people's faces yeah. and brings that you know, that, that extra little bit mm. of an experience of when people come into the stadium is um, you know, is something that you know, should never be, be you know, turn your nose up at. It's a, it's a huge impact. And I think sometimes going uh, to being involved with, with, with footballers like that day and day, you sort of forget the mm. the effect that it has on on not just young people but everybody. Yeah. So that's no, vitally important.
1: And the behind the scenes stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily get to see um, can also add a bit of inspiration for
2: people. Yeah, as well. like when you mentioned the uh, the old East Stand there, like that. I love that side of the stadium. Mm. It's it's yeah. brilliant. It brings back so many memories yeah. for me as a kid, you know. But it's um, anyone that go were to get the opportunity to go over there now and see the old changing room and the bath and everything that goes with it. It's like it's like stepping back in time yeah, a little yeah. bit. But it's fantastic to be able to see it, not just as orient people, but. Know, football fans yeah. in general I think it'll open a few people's eyes up to what it used to be like we sat in the East Stand yesterday for the game
1: right. um, we'll come on to that uh, why we were there uh, a little bit le- later on in the show but it reminded me because we used to, I used to stand we did yeah in the East Stand really? at the front when it was well, standing yeah um, and it just brought back memories as well and like all the old seating and all
2: the yeah, old yeah I mean my we, we used my tickets used to be in the old in the in East the e Stand but in that if you were looking at it from the pitch in the top sort of left yeah. of that of that of the east end up by what sort of where the flats are there, oh, okay before the Barry season tickets when moved over to the west right. End yeah, 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 the yeah, ten ones quid. Up there. Yeah, that's
0: the Yeah, I it's quite a nice it's quite a nice stand, it's quite old school. Like yeah. South Down's quite new and it's quite modern. That's but you go to right, the East yeah. End it's Got proper old school ground the acoustics build in it. it. Yeah. The
1: Acoustics in it. You can tell really different to the south yeah. stand as well. It sounds like all in, all enclosed. In, right. in the south stand, it doesn't. It can, you can lose your voice there. But in the in the east stand, it sounds like it's trapped there, and it yeah. just sounds a lot noisier. Um, but yeah, no, it's great, great stand. Uh, moving on then uh, just a few other points of business congratulations to team Allen who won Lee Deering's quiz last week that was held at the supporters club they raised a fantastic £300 for Haven House so well done to uh, everybody
0: there that was involved in that and there's a lot of hard work that went into that so well done Lee yeah and thanks to CJ Middleton at Midiman who tweeted us saying he was listening to the podcast from his Scottish coconut farm he said the season's not been great so far, a bit like the O's, but it's been perked up by our performances online. So we presume he's talking about the podcast. Yeah.
2: It'd be nice if we perked up the coconut farm well.
0: <laughs> <be>. <laughs> Get some of them down. So thank you there, CJ. Uh, appreciate you listening. And do let us know wherever in the world you are listening. Absolutely, because we know you are out
1: there. And finally, Mark Gilder and his partner welcomed a new Orient fan into the world as Bertie Rupert Gilder was born. And when he's old enough, he'll be sat in the East Stand with his brother...
0: And his grandfather. So uh,
1: congratulations, congratulations to you all. Yeah, congratulations.
3: Yeah.
0: Let's move on into the week that was. So Coulson, Monday the 19th of February. So to start with, James Brophy was included and made captain in the National League's official team in a week following his performance versus AFC Fylde. So a massive well done to James. And just to talk about Brophy quickly been sensational since come back. I knew. We, I remember him being good on his loan spell but well, towards the end of it more than the perhaps the beginning just before he we went back was recalled by Swindon
1: yeah. he started to come into it and unfortunately we lost him when actually at a point when he was actually sort of on the upper yeah, trajectory that was of his
2: performance. Uh, it was an experience him actually being called back because um, we were on we'd put, I'd just pulled up at the Marriott to get on the coach to go to uh, to Torquay away so we'd worked the day before tactically on how we were going to go and approach the game. And he phones me and I'm picking the phone up expecting him to tell me he's running late, there's traffic on the M25 and he tells me he's on the M4 on the way back to Swindon. <laughs> so you can imagine how I felt. But no, the, thing, the thing for him as well was that when he came here originally and a little bit like his time under us when, when I was at Swindon was that he very rarely played in his best position. So, I don't know if you recall it, there was changes in formation, yeah. there was changes in you know, suspensions, just bits and pieces like that, and Brof ends up playing at left back or wing back um, when he is a winger, he's a left winger, um, or, a, or a winger, you know, either side of the pitch, but he needs to, needed to spend time <laughs> playing in his best best position for everyone to see the best of him and, and the fact that he can create us chances, you know, he, he fill in there and he can help out, but... His real strength. He's what he's going to do for us going the other way. So he's come back in and, and he's not fit because he, he got called back and for some crazy reason never played a great deal of football. So we're still trying to get him back to you know that match fitness and ready to and capable f- to perform for 90 minutes. But I think you're seeing already that the snippets yeah. of quality that he's got he's going to be a real asset for us.
0: He's really driven us forward. You notice know, he picks the ball up yeah. like inside half and, and forward just takes you forward. So yeah. great to have... Uh, James Back. Absolutely. Macaulay Bond was also
1: announced as the O's Player of the Month for January by um, front-of-shirt sponsor Energy Bet, as he received 34% of the public vote. So, well done to Macaulay.
0: Yeah, and then at 4pm, the club announced that Dean Brewer signed a two-year contract extension and Joby McEnough signed a one-year contract extension. <laughs> uh, as both players' contracts were due to expire at the end of the season. So, for you, great by like that one? Absolutely great news. And... I think it was
1: always something that was probably well. I say I think it was always on the cards. I don't think the club wanted to lose uh, such experienced pros, but you know, since since they sort of hit form, since Dean's come in as
0: first choice keeper, I think he's been outstanding. Yeah, for me, you know, both Joby and Dean have become very important players under Justin, and have become pivotal in our resurgence uh, up in the national league. So you know, no complaints yeah. for me. Dean, I think we covered it a bit earlier, has made a huge, you know, impact between the sticks. Very vocal, leads to the team from the back. Uh, and has been sensational. So is Joby. You know, Justin said as much at the meeting the manager. He yeah. said he's been sensational. And let's pick up on Joby. I guess. From I think the I think
2: with both of them, very similar. Um, that everyone sees their performances on the pitch, and that's what counts. But it's what they give to the team. You know, day in, day out, in the changing room before, during, after games. And you, like you're right, we touched on it with Dean. But their professionalism is yeah. is as good as anything. You know, Joby from the level that that he's played at. We, you know, I suppose sometimes you expect the level of quality that he delivers when he's on the pitch. But you see, Joby can play wide either side. He can come in and he's, you know, he's played middle, in the middle of yeah. the pitch. Mm. Um, but the way he, he's an inspiration in terms of the way that he manages himself every day. You know, there's not an ounce yeah. of ounce of fat on him. <laughs> in terms of the way he manages his, you know, his body, he's still as fit as anybody. Uh, he's still got that burning desire to to keep performing. Yeah. To to do better and better and better, and, and and he's a real good example for any young player anywhere, but you know particularly anyone that's at this club here. He you know he's a sort of a shining light as to how you should manage yourself and the, the 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 love for the game and the love to to keep improving and keep keep performing. So um, that's fully deserved on, on Joby's part. And being very similar in terms of his level of professionalism, it's not a, an easy position for him to have been in having been the coach and managing two young goalkeepers to then all of a sudden step in yeah. in front of them and be the number one. Um, but again, the way he looks after himself, you know, there's it, a running joke that goes with, with with me and him that, you know, he, he's you know weight's coming off of him, he look, looks like a player again now, whereas a little while ago <laughs> he was still, <laughs> still a coach. Um, but he he's in the gym every day, he does things properly, he manages himself right. And I think if you were to ask Sarge and and Charlie about the way that he's managed that transition from going from being coached to having to step in in front of the pair of them, um, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, he's done that extremely well. So it couldn't be more deserved for the pair of them.
1: Fantastic. We had a couple of tweets about this. One from at Boatsy who said, fantastic news, like having two new signings. So happy right now that we are planning for the future. When
0: was the last time? We actually yeah, had a plan. Great <laughs> point, at Tom p 1984 says. With Brill now seeming to be a player, mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll get a new goalkeeping coaching. This is an interesting point because this is. I'm
1: sure I've said I have said this in the podcast before. How does sort of this work now that the goalkeeping coach is now the first choice? Who who coaches who?
2: Well, I think. I mean, I know we we discussed <clears throat> this some bits and pieces around preparation from games. So I won't really <clears throat> take too much out of that. You know, until until after. But <clears throat> with um, with the way it works for Dean, really is he. We've the way he, the way he would he would manage a week is like on a Monday, he's still sort of semi in recovery, but he's still you know there's still be some aches and pains yeah. off the back of the game. So the work rate and the work levels of a goalkeeper or any or a player that's that's played over the weekend would mean that you don't have to work at your full intensity on Monday morning because yeah. you're risking injury. So therefore, he can almost become the goalkeeper again. He still works. He still gets his goalkeeping workout, but he can still then lend Lendy's experience to helping the boys get the workout that they need because it's a new day and it's the start of a new week for them, so their levels of intensity are different. Yeah. yeah. So that, that sort of looks after that. And then as the week builds on, then obviously the, the crossover becomes him becoming the goalkeeper right. again and setting himself up to get the level of intensity that he needs and then you know he'll come into the tactical sessions or the 11v11 11 11 sessions that the team will do, be part of the bigger group. And I think when you're a goalkeeper, it's... Different to being a player coach out on the pitch because a lot of the work that you do, and it's another dig that I have it in day in, day out, is that I always say to him, you just stand opposite each other volleying balls at each other all day, so how hard can it be? But um, actually when it's a lot more personal, it's a yeah. lot more um, probably a lot more structured in terms of you're working in in twos there's two or three of you always serving one, whether you're the goalkeeper or the, the yeah. first choice, second choice, third choice, you're always sort of serving and working off for one another so as a goalkeeper cope without without taking the, the dig at Dean in, into consideration I think managing that is just how you work on the intensity of things building it up through the week so that he gets the, the physical workout the handling workouts that he needs to do and then obviously he'll do that at the start of a session and then then they join the group a little bit later on in the morning so that so that they get their work alongside the team or in units you know, dependent on what what the, the whole squad is working on on that particular day so that's sort of how it works we've also got um, an Academy goalkeeper coach that comes in on like a part-time basis so you know potentially when they're working out there he will take that burden off of Dean as the coach on maybe one particular yeah. day that he's uh-huh. in so uh-huh. it like I say say it when I say easier I don't I mean that in the nicest possible yeah, yeah. way that as a you know there's a little bit more sort of short sharp Exposure to, to the work and it builds up through the week. So he, gotcha. he, he's he's managed that really well. Thank you, Ross. Great insight. Yeah, that's yeah. That's Steve, Steve DF one says that's a, that's great news. Joby has been excellent this season,
1: and Dean Brill has made a huge difference coming to our defence since coming. Sorry, has
2: made a huge difference to our defence since coming into the team. So thank you very much to everybody for your tweets. That was another big decision that, that the manager made. You know, when he arrived on his on his first day, discussing and talking about players that we had in the squad that were in or out of the team for him to you know to to, to put his neck on the line and put mm, the goalkeeper yeah. coaching goal was a was a, you know was a bold big call, statement, big statement and it's big worked call. out well so far. It, it has done. so far, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely.
0: who yeah Tuesday twentieth of February, so the newly named Tuesday. first of all, happy birthday to the Orient Outlook IT director. Mr Darren Howard, happy birthday Darren. Happy birthday Darren um
1: Now, it's not often we get to do this, but we've called it Tahoe Tuesday for a reason and um, we really must allow ourselves just a moment to reminisce about Jonathan Tahoe's equalising goal, which was seven years ago on that day, 20th of February, it's a day I won't forget. Um, still makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up
0: every time I watch yeah. that
1: YouTube clip it's such a shame that he couldn't keep out of McDonald's late and staying up
0: otherwise he could have <laughs> had a decent career the best part of that video is when you see Slade bomb it down the touchline and losing yeah. his cap just yeah. flies yeah. off but he's too busy in the moment but...
2: Ricky Veer's goal has nothing on that historic
0: FA Cup moment absolutely I mean it's just such a great goal
1: yeah. and it was the 88th 89th minute and we were sat behind that goal. yeah we were sat yeah.
0: behind that goal um, yeah, won't ever forget that. Absolutely. So moving on into the main event of the evening. So we travelled away to Chester. So the team was announced. Dean Brawling goal. Back four of Caprice, Coulson, Ellicobi and Widdowson. Midfield of Adams, Clay, Carome and Brophy. With Holman and Bond up front on the substitutes bench. was Granger, Ling, Happy, Lawless and Harold. Yeah, Um. so only
1: one change to the... Uh, sorry, during the warm-up, unfortunately, George Ellicobi pulled out the team. So Dan Happy started... In his place, and Lamar Reynolds gets a place on the bench. So just just on that, I guess you take up more than you need to cover in case of eventualities yeah. like that, right? Yeah,
2: and that's a prime example as to why um, home games we've always got 18 players in the, in, the, in the in the squad, if you like. Yeah, um, and then obviously we made a decision out of those 18, which what the 16 is going to be, what 16 is going to look like. So that means that two players miss out for that. For yeah. that reason, really, yeah. for any any to cover any sort of issues that might crop up when we go away from over it, again, it's dependent. Eighteen's pretty much the standard, but you might take we one, we might two more. Like one, or no, and sometimes sometimes it sometimes less. We might just take take the one extra player to cover just okay. to cover that you know those eventualities, but like that, yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Fantastic. Okay, um, so i Sorry? You obvious on the
1: team? Um, yeah, shame to see George pull out, obviously. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but another unchanged, otherwise another unchanged team lineup, largely speaking. Um, I like it a lot. Shame there's no room for Mooney, though. Um, I guess if we had seven subs, that there's probably a spot for him Yeah, if course. we had that. So. Yeah, very
2: much so. I mean, I think with the George one, um, it's a shame that he has to drop out. George is such a big personality, mm, which I don't mm. need to tell you too much and about it one season well. for himself his <laughs> experience mm. his voice on the pitch similar to a couple of the players that we've already spoken about today he's got that presence and he just keeps people on their toes and if I was in opposition centre forward I wouldn't want to be able to turn like around no. and see him running towards me so <laughs> um, he, you know that's a it's a big loss but I think at the time when he first mentioned it in the warm up he was so keen to ah, let me give it a go let me try and do this let me try and do that to try and see how i start the game and you think well George you might start the game and then we're at not just we're without. Yeah. You take us the club and everything else out of you moment. Look at Georgie's experience this season so far, to lose him again for that period of time would be a massive yeah. hit on the team. But it'd yeah. be terrible for, for, for George to have to go through that again the back end of the season and have to pre pre prepare himself yeah. for pre season again. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was it was it was a sensible decision that he dropped out. But like I say, with with Moons it's um it's probably a sign of what the squad's about now that there's that much more competition for places um, you know it's, it's, it's difficult for anybody yeah. now to get in the team and then once you're in it you've got to stay in it and you've got to make sure, your, sure that you take the opportunity to, lose, right? to, yeah. <laughs> to keep it or not so um, you know some people think it's harsh on him after the goal he scored at Dover and, and that sort of thing and, and there's every you know every, every point behind that but like I say there's, there's lots of competition for places now and it's, it's about trying to claw your way back into the, into the team yeah, brilliant. So for brilliant. me, yeah,
0: very strong team. And I was nicely surprised as I was sure a few players uh, would be rested for the upcoming game on Saturday. I thought Caprice might be rested with Ling at the club now. I thought one might be rested. But, you know, still no start for Ling and Mooney. But shows you, like Ross has said, how Yeah, I mean, I think with both of
2: those things, they're, they're things that definitely crossed our minds when we were discussing the preparation and the selection of the team. But I think also the other thing that's hangs over you, whether or not it's league game cup game whatever whatever um, fixture it is is the fact that we'd been on a it, it was a winning team yeah. and we didn't want to change it you know so um, there was definitely some substance towards yeah. you know wondering about changing it but we felt that it was right to, to stick with that cool
1: um, so we had some uh, quite a few tweets about this uh, we'll read uh, two or three out now PM1 Sorry, PM31970 said, What has Mooney done wrong? Scored with his last kick when he last played. Yeah, the unscored Blundell says, Has David been captured by the Moonies? <laughs> Where's he gone? I did like that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, good play on words. At Alan College said, Very strong team. Good to see the good results have been rewarded with minimal changes. Good to see Samling included. Suspect if we
0: are well ahead, uh, he will replace Jake to save him for Saturday. Yeah, so the match kicked off of a cold night in Chester. And in the first minute, Brill caught a comfortable header from a Chester free kick. And in the third minute, Karoma shot wide. And in the fifth minute, Bon had a long-range effort, which was caught with ease by the Chester keeper. Yep, yeah, 13 minutes on the clock, and Ebu Adam goes
1: into the book for a foul. And just three minutes later, in the 18th minute, Archer has an effort for
0: Chester that goes well wide. Yeah, 23rd minute, Bon goes down from an elbow, but it's okay to continue. And in the 33rd minute, Harmon picked up a pass from Brophy. But his shot was saved by Holmby. Uh, Forty-two minutes on the clock now. Good work from Josh Coroma, Saw a dangerous ball into the box. Unfortunately,
1: nobody was there to capitalise. Yeah, and one minute of injury time was played, and the teams going nil 0 at half time. So, quite a short synopsis, really, of that. Probably one of the shortest we've ever
2: done on the match. Yeah. What, what was um, what was said to the boys at half time, Ross? I think the reason it's short is because we, you know, take out of where Chester are in the league. We're away from home. It's been a long trip. Um, you want to make sure that you're difficult to beat when you go away from home. Um, you can try and get on the front foot and take the game to the opposition, but sometimes that can can you know can leave you open at the back. So it was important for us to go out and try to you know play our way into the game, if you like. Um, so at half-time, a lot of the discussions were much of the same, really. Um, you know, st- stay compact, be difficult to beat we we know that we've got pace in the team and the ability to get up the pitch, whether it be, you know, with a front two or, or with the with the two white boys that we've got yeah. in terms of carrying the ball up the pitch. So that was a case of of us trying to just continue to stay patient because we believe that in games like that, especially when you've played like a Saturday Tuesday or Tuesday to Saturday, that obviously people are weary in both teams. But we feel as though we've got the pace and the stamina to come good Later on in the games as well, so it's a case of trying to make sure that we're, you know, compact and difficult and and defensively sound, so that when the game starts to open up a little bit later, and especially the teams at home like we are when we're at home, we've got to come after you yeah. a little bit. They're going to leave a few little spaces for us to exploit. So, it was a, you know, it was a case of much the same. Be difficult to be, be be compact, be tough to play against for the next fifteen minutes, and then we can start to try to expose them in the manner that we've, you know, that we've planned to do so later on in the game
0: more amazing insight yeah from Russell Love it. for me it sounds like a typical Justin first half performance you know we weather the early storm get the defence comfortable and try to get the goal and hold on to it you? yeah it sounds a bit of a nothing half obviously um, just seeing the, the game, how the game pans out
1: as you say I think you take was. that as well from him yeah. as well do you know what I mean we yeah. want it
2: to be exciting and, and everything else but yeah you'd take your first-half performance. Where yeah. It's yeah. good, especially yeah. against a team that are fighting
1: for their lives, that have got yeah. financial problems, got a new manager, Marcus Bignott, and he's quite a tough manager. He puts out tough teams to beat. So they're coming so off
0: a good result, were not they? They beat Eastleigh 3-1 yeah. on the Saturday. So they're to Saturday, up right? a little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously Chester not really offering. We haven't really mentioned. They had one shot that went well wide there, but quite a comfortable half probably for both teams, and they'll probably be quite glad to go in yeah. at
0: half-time mm. at 0-0 uh, yeah, uh, as well. So attendance was announced at 1,935, with 245 Orient fans making the journey. So kudos to <laughs> everyone yeah. who made yeah, the journey. Massive. I mean, that, that's course. not a short trip. That's not like it's hour around the corner. That is a long no, trip. No, on that's a not on a the way back of wood away on a Tuesday Yeah, off the back night. of
2: firewood on the Saturday <coughs> as well. Yeah. Blimey! Yeah, on yeah, this
0: weather as well. So kudos to everyone. And the second half kicked off uh, with no subs for the O's.
1: Yeah, not much really to talk about in the first 15 minutes. Brophy was causing. Chester, a few problems down their left. Uh, sorry, down the left, uh, which saw one of their players booking,
0: uh, getting uh, put in the book for a foul uh, on him. Yeah, in the 62nd minute, another foul on Brophy. Uh, Karamas takes a free kick, and Corson almost gets a head to the ball at the back post. And that's something that Josh offers us that we were missing when he wasn't playing. Was that
1: yeah. you know, you send the, center, the sort of the taller boys up the defend, usually the central defenders to try and be that outlook and not take a bit of pressure off the strikers. Yeah. And actually contributing to the yeah, goal Yeah, he's
2: telling. a threat. I mean, I know as soon as he come back into the team, he scored, didn't he? And he yeah. a couple. He, he, I think the thing with him, it's not just then the threat that he causes. It's the, it's the it's the uncertainty he causes yeah. in the opposition's box for other people as well. So. Yeah, you know, he, he's um he's a real threat in both boxes. Yeah same about
0: Kobe who scored that yeah. amazing over bicycle, bicycle kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it incredible. incredible. No one saw that one coming No, <laughs> no absolutely. Might not might have been where his hamstring injury came from. <laughs> 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 and in the sixty third minute, Wood crossed across the bond, we mm. touched a coroma, who shot straight at Hornby from eighteen yards. That sounded like we were well uh, in the sense, to point, like you said, you know, see out fifteen minutes and start getting yeah. a bit harder as the match goes on. Hopefully, after and I think from that hour point
2: is where people start to to tire and start yeah. to wear out, and, and on both teams. But you, we've got players that can cause damage then especially ourselves, like yeah. as as the, uh, as the opposition at home start to open up a little bit. Is that why
1: a lot of substitutions take place around that sort of time? Then? Yeah,
2: I think there's like a stat in there. Is it is it Benitez or Venga that they the like the substitutes that they make are like sixty five to seventy minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, there is a stat somewhere I've read previously before and it's not I don't think you particularly plan unless you've got a player in there that's, you know, returning from injury or carrying something that where you sort of think, Yeah, we might get away with an hour with him then then we can make that yeah. start to plan to make that change depending on the state of the game. But I think it is, especially like as in, in the league that we're in at the moment that you play on Saturday, Tuesday a lot or, or if we're not, other teams are. So mm-hmm. you, you take that into consideration, and you realise that it's time to maybe freshen people up, or, or in this case, we know where we can start to hurt hurt them in the game if we're if we're on level terms, yeah. you know.
1: And so in the 68th minute, um, the pivotal moment really, we took the lead as Jake Caprice uh, crosses the ball into the box. James Brophy, James Brophy, sorry, throws himself. At the ball to nod the cross in uh, for his first goal for Leighton Oren, and he did confirm afterwards post match that it went in off his shoulder. But we don't care what part you want it goes in off,
0: as long as it's legal, it all counts. Yeah, great to Brophy get a goal. Yeah, I've got to say, another assist for Jake Caprice. He's got his uh, critiques out there, you know, but driving forward, I think Justin said that Meet the Manager had one of the highest assist rates in the league. And I think since then he's had a few more as well. So kudos to Jake, Jake for getting up. There. He's upped his game. Justin's really sort of
1: helped progress his game, I think. Yeah. And, we, and you obviously no, uh, yeah, no, since no. the man,
2: manager's um, come no, in. No, but... no, no, we, we you know, Jake Jake's got real strengths, um you know, his pace speaks for itself, mm. his athleticism he's a huge threat going forward and because of his athleticism and his and his um, and his pace, he's obviously a difficult proposition when he's one V one defensively. Um, but it was trying to, at time to get Jake's mindset right as to what his defensive responsibilities are what 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 everybody expects of him in the team that he's in mm. now you know yeah. and, what, and what what his first and foremost thing is to try and stop the opposition from scoring and then we'll wonder about what we do at the other end of the pitch as you know secondary as, as, yeah, so it's when yeah. to go forward and when very not much to, so. and yeah, very much so yeah very making so and um, you know he I'm not sh- not sure there's a there's a fallback in the league that's as good as him going forward. I so, agree. Like you say, in the last few games, he started to 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 pick people out, and his delivery into the box has become yeah. you know much better. Much much because much, much he went
1: better. through a, a a small phase where his deliveries weren't quite yeah. what we needed them to be. And I think he's a prime example
2: of what we what we've said already is about the squad is that there's there's competition for places now, and we've signed a fallback in Ling that a lot of the league would have been. You know, everyone in the league would have taken him, the teams in the league above I know were certainly interested. So it then puts pressure on Jake Caprice, yeah. but a good pressure that you've got to start performing. So it's um mm. not that you know, I'm not saying not that he wasn't before, but you know, but you've no, got like your game yeah, to, yeah. To, to stay That's on actually, the yeah, team. Great so, headache for yeah.
0: Justin to have. Very much so, yeah, it's a good one. So then art uh, straight after the goal, double sub followed. As Dan Holman came off for Matt Harold and Ebbett Adams cut off for Alex Lawless, like you said, about substitutes thinking about um, they there bringing on two experienced players for me Howard can obviously hold the ball up top uh, and Lawless you know, more experienced than Adams who would have been tired at this point obviously playing yeah. a lot of football for such young legs but someone who hasn't played that much football this season so for yeah. me bang on subs here. I'd say from Justin good 80th minute though no chance for 2-0 Josh Karoma sprints past his man crosses for Bond who shoots over from inside the box sounds like Karoma again you know like we said about Jake Karoma the last 3 or 4 games been flying down that right wing giving yeah. teams lots of problems gets fouled he was Sensational sound like against Chester, reasons. and the yeah.
2: manager's really helped him with that. You know, I, I, to be honest, I think it was on on the podcast last time I was yeah. here. I, you know, I was fairly honest about what I felt jo- jo- uh, Josh needed to do to not just improve now, but to give himself the best chance of having a good career that his yeah. ability and everything about him deserves. Um, and he had a tough time under Steve. Um, didn't start the, the season particularly great. Um, but since the managers come in, I know they've had some real good conversations about what his expectation was for Josh, what he needed to do to improve, you know, what he needed to do to get himself closer to the team, and he's taken that on board. So you know, huge credit goes goes to the manager, yeah. and huge credit has to go to 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 Josh, Josh Caroma himself. as well. Yeah. And recently, his performances have been he's been fully you know, he's fully deserved to to be in the team on a regular basis. and
0: yeah, he's earned the right to be yeah. there. And again, it gives Justin a great headache in terms of when Joby comes back, when Dayton yeah. comes back. You know, some good competition yeah.
1: passes out that way. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's his shirt to lose. It's his That's place right, in the yeah. squad to lose now. Um,
2: when you are
1: Saying it again, but we need to be more clinical. We, you know, Bond. I'm not going to um, be too critical because he's. You know, he scored 18 goals, but I think he'd be on more if if if, he's, if he was a bit more clinical but we create a lot and that's that's the most important thing they'll get into a flow where those chances will go in and as long yeah. as we're creating them meal will more often than not put them away but I think yeah. there's just a few that you would expect and will come on to one in, from yesterday's game where yeah. you would have expected someone who's confident has got 18,
0: 19 goals to his name for this season that he would have just as a yeah. matter of course just popped pop them away but it wasn't meant to be Yeah, 82nd minute Sam Ling comes on in place of Josh Kroma to make his Sam. When we were speaking to Martin Ling on our international stream yesterday, we asked Martin what his <laughs> proudest moment was uh, for Orient, and he yeah. said there were two. He said one was the promotion uh, away Oxford. to Oxford back in 2005, and he said the second one was that moment there we've just gone through, where he saw his son make his second debut for Orient. So a very nice moment there yes. for Martin and Sam. Great to see.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've um, we've said our coached Sam when he was seven, eight years old, as you know, on the with football in the community stuff that I was doing then so to see him as a kid and a character grow up from from that to getting very very close to making his debut the first time around before you know before he moved moved away it's uh, it's, it's fantastic to see him to see him come back and mm. and, and, and make his yeah. make his debut I think he's fully deserved in terms of what he's gone on to do. Since he left the club previously, I've got to be honest. Didn't like seeing him in a Dagnum shirt. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> really honest. No, I, didn't look right. um, I never thought I'd didn't experience right. that. But um, red no, suits are much better. But in, you know, in all honesty, for his career and, and and for him to go away and put in the performances that he has done, particularly yeah. this season, um, it's fantastic that you know the club have done gone and done what they've done to bring him back.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and right. as you say, he stepped in before he went to another. Another league club or yep. another national league club. Yep. 83rd minute, though, another chance for McCauley Bond as Caprice crosses for him at the far post, but the ball just beats the striker as he
0: cannot quite connect yep. cleanly. 86th minute, James Brophy is booked. In the 87th minute, Robert shoots over for Chester. And for me, I think that's the first time we've actually mentioned a Chester attack, yeah. so you know, it sounds like we won in the first half, one in the second. He's been very quiet. exactly yeah, what yeah, we like. Yeah. That's exactly
1: yeah. how we like to manage our games. Five additional minutes are played as we enter what we call now squeaky bum time for the O's, but in the 94th minute, Josh Coulson's. Uh, Josh Coulson sorry, heads clear as the full time whistle swiftly follows and the O's of another 1-0 away
0: win and another 3 points in the bag yeah, so Justin Elber spoke to Dave Victor after the match and said he was delighted the game management is improving and Big George felt his hamstring and didn't want to take the risk he also said Dan Happy uh, was excellent I think we haven't really covered that actually but
1: for someone to not warm up with the mm. team like George would have done for then Dan to just suddenly go from as I think he said in his interview on Friday, to not being in the team, to then suddenly being in the yeah. team, and then switching your mindset to from sitting on the bench, so you can be a little bit more relaxed, to then actually like I've,
2: I've yeah. got to switch my mindset. I think That's it goes a like... for seventeen-year-old lad as well. F- yeah, very much so. With a full um, with a full day of it, really. You know, you leave quite early for a game like that, and he's probably getting on the on the coach thinking, what Well, I'm not I'm not starting tonight. So, your mindset. It, I'm Not sat there, but, but yeah, yeah. his mindset, I'm sure, would be, you know, I've got to be ready for the game, but I know how I'm going to prepare <laughs> because I'm not starting. Um, and then people, I'm sure, have seen the pre-match sort of rituals in terms of how that we set the warm-up up and that sort of thing, and the back four sort of break off to, to do some specific work okay. to their positions. And that's when it was sort of come to yeah. light, really. So it wasn't even like the boys were having their job before the game and George felt Uncomfortable, it was the back end of the warm up. So, Dan's got a good mentality, which I think is going to help him go to play at a very, very good level. Um, but even so, it, you know, it's that's a tough challenge to be able to step in that late and get your head right yeah. and get get yourself physically right because you've got to then up your intensity and, and tempo in what you're doing just shortly before the game's about to start. So, it, he was slow, sort of easing his way in, but which I'm sure he'd admit himself, but after one or two little sort of Moments, he he looked really really comfortable.
0: Yeah, kept the clean sheet as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So, league table, that win meant the O's moved up a place to 15th in the National League, having played 34, won 11, drawn nine, lost 14, with a goal difference of minus five and a points tally of 42. So, your views on that one, Mr. Levy?
1: Yeah, so far in 2018, we've kept we've kept three clean sheets, two back to back. We've won five, including back to back away wins. Drawn three and we've lost one which is an excellent record particularly as we look to move away from the relegation zone. As I said last week the hard work and effort and planning by Justin and Ross is really paying off. They've made us harder to beat, but we need to be a bit more clinical up front. Obviously, wishing George well, hope is okay, but special mention to Josh Garoma has put in two fantastic performances, and long may that continue. And finally, well done to all 244, sorry, 245 fans whose loyalty was rewarded with a win, and massive kudos to all the fans who raised
0: £265 for Chester FC's yeah. plight. Great to see and I think um, you mentioned about being hard to beat and you mentioned it before mm-hmm. Ross that with Holman and Eber Adams because they kind of play a bit further up the pitch it means we're defending higher mm-hmm. yeah, which is definitely. making us Keep a bit harder away to away from be. the
2: goal and in our back line defensively can be a little bit further higher. up the pitch that means you're you know, you're know, stopping attacks or potential attacks before they become any sort of threat You know, you, I'm sure we'll come on to, to yesterday's game a little, little bit more later on but um, the deeper you are the more you know, vulnerable you are to, to people you know testing your goal or putting you under you know certain sorts of pressure. So any mistakes or any lapses in concentration means that you're potentially giving away opportunities at goal. Whereas if you're defending and you can get the team further up the pitch it means you you know you can stop that threat at source if you're right, yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: really good team. My fuse, yeah, another tense but well thought win for our club. If you keep clean sheets you won't lose. And Justin has tightened up at the back uh, our back line significantly which was a comfortable win, really. only concern is that we aren't putting teams away, which always leaves you open to a late equaliser. Delighted for Brophy took sure, to, to, to the goal well. Yeah. Well not happy for coming into the starting level at late notice. done a fantastic job. It also yeah. sounds, you know, we've touched upon corona and Brophy, but a real handful one our wings. And, you know, Chester didn't really have any real opportunities to score. Uh, we had a few chances to increase our lead, which we didn't take. You know, we have a settled side now. We really are seeing the benefits of having a team who play with each other and getting to know one each other's get. Uh, one another's game under strong management. Credit to Justin. Also, congrats to Ross. You know, doing a very important role in assisting Justin. And we've already mentioned the way fans. You know, superb travelling numbers for a Tuesday night match. Goes without saying that you've got to be happy with that
2: result. Oh yeah, massively. I think, um, like I say, ex- executing a game plan sounds like you. You know, you you blowing smoke up your own backsides But it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. It, but it's nice that. You, you know, a plan it it in your on. mind, or a plan from training, or a plan in discussions and meetings that that comes off is you know he's is, is one that's very satisfying. I totally agree with you, and and it's it's been you know things that we all discuss when we when we're anal, analyzing games or, or conversations with the lads. It, you know, you'd like to put teams away a little bit more and and convert those chances, but if you're not going to keep a clean sheet, you know, always yeah. always means you're going to be. Um, in with a shout of of winning, so that's that's vitally important. Absolutely. So and yeah. and just to touch on that, with yeah. the, with the supporters, I said it in in the pre match stuff for for the weekend's game. But when you look in there, you know, it's fantastic. With two hundred and forty five of them, you can hear them all the way through. They're outnumbered in terms of comparison to the home fans. But then you go over before or afterwards, and you see the amount of people that were filed at the weekend yeah. and mm. that level of commitment and. Time and finances and everything else that goes with following the team can, can't can ever be underestimated, and it's you know, it's a huge it's valued by everybody, so you no know, f- massive credit to them. People,
0: and it's great to see like the coverage Elliot is giving you know the fans on social media. You know, you see full time clips of Corson going over to the way fans and doing that head sign to yeah. you know about his new yeah. song. And you get <laughs> Ellie Kobe does his lap of honor, and that all yeah, gets filmed so. Great to see you make mate. Continue. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So we had a huge amount of feedback after this match. So thank you to everybody who's tweeted us or messaged us on Facebook, uh, all our social media accounts, in fact. And again, we try to read out as many as we possibly can, but just because we read them doesn't mean that we agree with them. So first up, Matty Lofc Evans said, Another win. Playoffs are still possible. It isn't stupid to start talking about the possibility as the form that we're in.
0: Momentum has carried teams to the playoffs from the brink. Why can't it happen to us? Yeah, Brady Acker's 95. So it's good to see this team is learning how to grind out one nil wins, which is a good trait to have for next season to fight for promotion. Another clean sheet, mm-hmm. and good to see Samling get some minutes. Mm-hmm. Right, do we bring Mr. Wimbledon back to retweet? He's back in the room.
2: Ah, oh. Here we go, Ken Teague's favorite moment. <laughs> <laughs> At Orient Dave. See, I can get it right. Another three points, and that's the most important thing, which will only inspire more confidence. Finish as hard as we can, and maybe some silverware will set us up very nicely for next season. Yeah, like it. Like Dodge that. the next one, though. Tommy X Velo oh. said, J. E.
1: Justin Edinburgh has this team really firing. In his first season at Newport, he kept them up and got them up the following season. The club is going onwards and upwards. Well managed team and a well
0: run club. Yeah. At Grangers underscore zero one. So another great three points. The game was so tense but so enjoyable. Great to see Brophy with the goal to wind up the Chester fans even more. I oh yeah,
2: they were getting on his back, to be honest. It was harsh. The guy who fouled him oh no I know what got him going was the guy who fouled him and probably should have been booked. But because he wasn't, it was almost like Broford made more out of the foul right. than, than than he yeah, had actually had, done. Yeah. yeah. Um and so then that starts to happen to one of your players and he carefully shoulders it into the bottom corner. It's always nice to uh, to see that to, to just to
0: just to quieten them for a little while. Brilliant. Yes, I went on to say, "I thought Karoma was great today, but like the last game, we had the chance after chance and so couldn't finish them to make it comfortable for ourselves."
2: Uh, at Len M Four, good to see we have not only settled uh, sorry not only a settled side for the first time this season, but a winning one as well. Edinburgh deserves huge credit for what he's done with this group so far.
1: Yeah, at LOFC1978 said, another massive away win, this time against a struggling side. Shame we can't get that elusive second goal. Players are a step too far, but making excellent progress under Justin Edinburgh. Coroma has become a key player for me.
0: Bring on Gates here. CM Oriental says, another win the dirty way, grinding it out becoming difficult to beat. Delighted and onward to be March, whatever Justin is doing,
2: just please keep it going. At Tony underscore Neville. You didn't think I knew what the underscore was, did you? <laughs> no, Another good win means we have doubled our points, Tally, under Edinburgh in just 12 games. Much needed improvement. I actually thought you were going to be doing the next one. I'd actually missed. it. I've done Neville's so one. well to miss At that.
1: At Ari <laughs> <laughs> Rigaswamy said, Heard everyone talking about the importance on keeping Bond next season, but first priority will be keeping
0: Justin Edinburgh if this form continues. Hey, good point point. A pandemonium. 18-81 says, "Forget the playoffs for a minute and just enjoy the great run of form." These one 0s are the type of results that see teams win divisions through being hard to beat and enjoying sheer bloody-minded consistency. Great it's tweet true, though, from yeah. that. To be
2: fair, yeah, I like that. Oh wow, you've done me here, <laughs> at Rob Payne. What do I do with that? 54642997. Yeah, Is that all right? Are these? The same, not fit to wear the shirt. Players who are here under Davis, very, very strange.
1: Yeah, but then final word this week goes to Frank Kane, who said, "Just in Edinburgh's style of play is definitely bringing back memories of Kevin Nolan's tenure." Do you know what? I actually thought that grinding out a one-nil win, making us hard Typical, to beat, is yeah. the first thing I thought of. Was Kevin Nolan? Great point, Frank. Hard to beat, defensively solid for the most, getting a large percentage of wins. And you know he has the player's respect. Great, yep. great comment to
0: end on. And those were all tweets that came into at Orient Outlook. So thank you for tweeting us during the Chester match. So, prediction league updates. So, well done to ALB5399. That's I Heart Rushmore. who I'm sure is still on his honeymoon. So, mate, st- stop tweeting us and get on your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nicholas Raft at YT19970FC. And the Authentic Gaz, who correctly predicted one of to the Orient. But a special well done to at Strop underscore O, who was the only one who predicted 1 0. And Brophy to yeah. score. Just so well done Just come back to I Heart Rushmore. That is great advice for him because otherwise it could be the quickest
1: divorce in all <laughs> history. <laughs> yeah, well. also, yeah. you want to watch that, mate? But uh, if you yeah. take it from take it from from someone, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, moving on. Wednesday, the twenty first of February. Then James Brophy is in the official national league team of Tuesday night for the second game
0: running, following his performance against Chester. So, well done, James. Yeah, and our very own bearded legend, Mister Paul Levy, made his first guest appearance on the Heed Podcast, which is a podcast. Uh, produced by some Gateshead fans, very good so if you get a chance well worth listening to where he spoke about the upcoming FA Trophy match versus Gateshead. Yeah. I was you'd
2: translator on that. <laughs> <laughs> I have many skills. Yeah, Friday the
0: 22nd of February. A quiet day
1: at the club, but we couldn't contain our excitement anymore. As we announced that we'd be presenting and doing some interviews for the club's upcoming live international stream of the Gateshead match. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank everybody for their messages of support. Genuinely
0: delighted yeah. and touched by everybody's kind Hi, messages there. Yeah, really I mean. lovely to see. Mooney, Friday the 23rd of February, the club announced that they have appointed a new catering partner with immediate effect. So the club report stated, fans from this Saturday will witness the improvements made to the various catering outlets around the concourses. Furthermore, improvements have been made to the food offering. And that's the most important part. That last sentence for me is the most important part. I saw a
1: picture of the pricing, and I thought four quid's a bit pricey for a burger, but actually if it's going to be freshly
0: prepared in yeah. front of you, it's... it's Decent. Yeah, for me, you know, everyone wanted better food and my selection. Now we've got it. So, you know, do you want to have better quality food? Come a long way from them burgers in the East oh, no,
2: years yeah, ago. you yeah. are still moving, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, four o'clock, the club announced yeah. a new back of shirt sponsor. and um, That's short. going to be... Sorry, back of short sponsor. I do beg your pardon. The back of short sponsor will be Energy Check. Uh, until the end of the 2018-19 season. The announcement said the Energy Check company logo will be proudly displayed on the shorts uh, for Saturday's visit of of Gateshead. Uh, in the FA Trophy Court. final, I made a real meal of that, I did, I'm still thinking about your burgers moving. Yeah. Um, so they're a energy broker company, so they're going to try and help save the club some money on their energy bills, and I believe they also do domestic, and actually I need to look at mine, so I yeah. should be using them as well. Yeah, well played the club for me, you know, getting a short sponsor You know, is another way of driving income <laughs> to the club. We had it previously, yeah. we have had it before. Um, considering the commercial brochure hasn't been out that long, this is really great progress, and I look forward to seeing what other companies... The club will be working with and getting
0: sponsors on board. Yep. So Saturday, twenty fourth February. Happy nineteenth birthday to Miles Judd. Um, happy birthday, Miles. Miles Judd is always called the least intelligent uh, oh. player at the football club. Everyone oh, who we ask, yeah. is least intelligent. Yeah. They, you know, they don't even think about it. Miles Judd.
2: Yeah, by far. <laughs> by far, the boys will back me up on that one easily. Yeah.
0: Fine. Um, a very youthful youth team
1: were in action against Dagenham and Redbridge. They lost 1-0 on Saturday. Yeah, I think yeah, I we think mentioned
0: it last week. There's so many it's 15, 15 to 16 six out on the line. It's right. now yeah, I think,
2: um, I think what you're you seeing now is that it's that time of the year where you need to um, give the second years the opportunity to go out and play men's football to see where they're at yeah. and see how they can cope with being in that environment, being around... Players, you know that where their results they mean something. Of course, they do when they play for the youth team, but it's about results being a little bit more, and it's a little bit of a different experience when they go and play men's football. So, that's important that we we see and see them and see how how they cope with that different type of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously within the next short mm-hmm. short while, you start to see the decisions that are made on who gets pro contracts and unfortunately the ones that yeah. that don't. So, I think the remainder of the season will be a youthful youthful youth team if you yeah. like and, and it's also from the other side of getting those second years out on loan it's a real good opportunity for the young lads that are still schoolboys that potentially going to be in the building next year as as full-time scholars the opportunity to step up into that environment and speed up their pro- progress yeah. on that front so I know, uh, I know they put out a very young team yesterday I think we even had one under 15 right. playing um, which again doesn't lend to winning games but it's there's the beer, more to the, there's, well, there's yeah. more to them games than just just putting a winning team out on the pitch yeah. you're trying to teach them to do that but at the same time there's, there's a lot more that goes into their development at this stage than, than just Know, trying to win games everywhere. And I think
1: st- people still associate those games with the Dorbys the um the Azartes, the, yeah. the Abrahams and that era or the Michael Clarks and yeah. the Dan Happy's. Yeah, and, very strong. And that lot. So, strong youth teams. And, and I they think were winning all the time, yeah, so and, and you know what like
2: sometimes it goes through phases, you know, the the, the, the the biggest clubs in the world have strong youth teams one year and, and, and not so good the other. They have yeah. very good players yeah. but not particularly very good teams. Um I know from my time when I worked at Spurs we had we had a youth team of like Stephen Calker, Andrews Townsend, John O'Beaker players that have gone over on to have you know, Harry Kane would have been in, in those those sorts of teams. Tom Carroll players that have mm. played top level and still playing in league football, but never really ever progressed in the FA Youth Cup. Do you know what I mean? In, yeah. in the time that I was there. So yes. it's not always necessarily the, the way that it's gonna pan out for in new football. But it's about trying to help them and build their experiences so that one they're ready to perform when they come in next year and start to understand what the environment's all about. And then the long-term goal is to try and get them capable of playing in the team. And, and like I say that that that'll happen at all all different stages. And then you know, taking into consideration what the club had gone through over the last period yeah. of, of time, that's also had a had a effect on 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 the on the academy as well, like it would do anywhere. anywhere. So yeah. no, I think that. Let's like say I think it'll be a trend that you see for the rest of the season. It'll be a young youth team, but it's all. You know, or part, part of the, the players, players, I suppose yeah, yeah
0: absolutely so we had gates at home in the quarterfinals of the FA Trophy which was televised live around the world it would be rude of us not to speak about our experience um, yesterday yeah. which was fantastic you know if Very you watched enjoyable. we hope you enjoyed it you know if, if whatever you thought of it feedback to at uh, l.webster at latentorient.net give them your views and you know a thanks from us I guess goes to Dave, Danny Ellie and Ryan all at the club and let us be a part of later like on history being involved yeah know, it was wow. a great day it was a
1: great experience we're used to not being on camera we're used to you know having stuff sort of in front of us really prepped but you know um, it was a, it was great and sort of just being sort of thinking and being sharp on the spot and with Martin and with Kent who were um, Martin was interviewed uh, by us, and Kent interviewed some some young uh, Orient fans as well. And then, sort of post match, pre- uh, half time analysis, that sort of stuff. It was just genuinely great fun. And we know that there are dozens and dozens of you who listen internationally because we can see from these stats in the sort of back office part of SoundCloud where people download and listen from, and places where I'd never have guessed there was an Orient fan downloading it yeah. so if you did listen on it we've already had some feedback go to Lauren but as Steve said do get it in because if it's worked well or if we can improve on it we need to know so that if it is something that the club want to do at a later point um, more long term uh, we just need to iron out any creases that yeah. came yeah. That came off it that day. So thank you. Two to finely dressed the
2: club. young men, by the way. Jamie Redknapp's got nothing on you too. Thank you, mate. Didn't go thank unnoticed. you, Thank you very much. I appreciate that. i sure yeah, that was the uh, we did our best uh,
0: team talk. Yeah, pretty much team talk. Justin saying, "See those two boys out there." Yeah, yes. you could be them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the team, the team lined up with Dean Brewing-Gold,
1: Caprice Coulson, Happy, and Widdison the back four with Adams, Clay, Brophy, and Coroma across the middle, with Harold and Bon up top. Substitutes on the day with Charlie Granger,
0: Lawless, Reynolds, Satoru, and Mooney. Yep. So Dan Holman and Samling will cup tie for this match. Joby McEnough was missing due to his neck injury and George Elie Kobe was also absent uh, through illness and his hamstring injury. So, I mean, Matt Harold started and Mooney and Raul Sartoriou were both named on the bench. So your views on that, Mr
1: Levy? Yeah, with the exception of Ruel, uh, there are really no surprises for me. Good to see Dave Mooney back uh, in the match day squad as well.
0: Yeah, for me, you no, know, it's expected to start really. No surprises. We good to see Sartori, uh back on the bench, I guess because we'll come on to him in a minute. But did leave us looking light in defence. Uh, Jamie Sandals White. I'm not sure where he's he's gone because um, he's not around. Is he injured or
2: Jamie's what? injured? Yeah. yeah, Jamie's injured. He um, he picked up, oh, blimey, um, a few weeks back now. Not long into when 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 Justin had, had arrived, he picked up an ankle injury, which was something that he has suffered with previously. Um, at the time, it was like more of a sort of a little ache and pain really that, that I don't think even Jamie expected yeah. for him to keep him out for the length of time that he did but he had a couple of weeks off of it and obviously working with the physios and, and that sort of thing and it wasn't really improving or getting any better then it was you know scanned and, and all the, the bits and pieces that go with it and then he ended up with an injection which then keeps you off of it for another little period of time so now it's a you get to a certain point when obviously you've been off your yeah. Because of an injury, your you recovery is not just about you getting back to, to train again, it's about getting you fit enough to be ready to train again because you lose that level of intensity, level, level of fitness. So, Jamie's going through that at the moment alongside okay. one or two others where he's trying to work himself back to being, being physically fit to, to train again.
0: Some more great insight there. Thank you, Ross. Uh, we've got a few tweets um, about the team. Uh, a few will just mention that John at W999 asked us Is Judd injured still or now out of favour?
2: No, he's injured. Um, it's similar to Jamie really I remember the session actually when Juddy dropped out and uh, it was a Monday morning and we were were working so just people give people a bit of an insight but on a Monday morning as I mentioned with Dean earlier the players are still in that sort of recovery stage so they work they're out on the training pitch but once they sort of do the the, the level work to the level that we need them to the players that haven't played Obviously, have to work at a higher intensity and for longer, and you know, mm-hmm. and you know, work on on more things to make sure that they're all physically capable when, when they're ready you know, to make sure they're ready when if we ever need them to mm-hmm. to step into the team. So Juddy was in that group and um, dropped out of like a bit of a ache in his in and around his sort of groin area, and another one of those really just sort of walked off the training pitch. You sort of don't then get too concerned about the fact that he's coming out of the session. You just sort of think he's he's suffering with something like it. but. Uh, clearly, that's that wasn't the case, and and, and you know, similar with Jamie, the treatment that he went through was was hoping to to get him back and and, and back into contention again, and 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 panned out like that. So now Juddie's sort of having to go through that, you know, that level of recovery and that level of treatment to try and get him, mm. you know, get him get him training again. So by no means out of favour, you know. Yeah, you know, he's just, just not trying. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. right, Rob N.C. Uh, C68 said about as strong as we have available. Didn't know Satoru was back from loan. So, yeah. Ruel is on a work experience work So, experience, what does that actually yeah. so mean? So, the way it works is
2: that if you're not a professional, you can go out to a club uh, on work experience. By so, professional,
1: you mean pro contract? Professional
2: contract. Yeah. So, um, players like any of the youth team boys, um, Charlie Barker, Ryan McLean. Obviously, Dan Happy was in that situation at the start of the year. We're all uh, third-year scholars, if you like. Um, they can go out to any non-league club and play games regularly, but as a, as a work experience player. So what that means is that they can go today and come back tomorrow. Whereas if you're on a pro con- contract and you go out on loan, it has to be a minimum of 28 days or, or a month, whatever you want to phrase it as. So what that means is Ru- with Ruel, like we touched on with the youth team, we're trying to... you know He's been in and around the squad... He's made a number of appearances yeah. this season, but we want him to get, wanted him to get that opportunity to go and play with and alongside men. So mm. he's been out at Leverhead and he's done, you know, he's done well, really, really well. You know, mm. He's watched on a regular basis by all the staff here, and we know that it's another building block for him in okay. terms of him working towards a professional career. And with the luxury that we've got with Ruel, is the fact that Dan... Holman for one is is cup tied. That as soon as we get back in his competition, we pulled him out of Leverett's um, trophy game when when he was there in order to make sure that we yeah. preserved him so that should we ever need to to put him in the squad like we did yesterday, that we've we've got the that cup luxury tie, yeah. to do that. So yeah. and that's the same with all those players that I say that are not on professional contracts. Brilliant.
1: Thank you very much indeed. So the match kicked off on a
0: freezing day in East London, although the sun was shining. It was
2: <laughs> deceiving. Yeah, it
1: was. It deceivingly was, yeah. cold.
0: Yeah, the first 15 minutes of both teams trying to settle into the game, no action really to talk about. Gates have got a free kick in a good position. Around about the eighth minute, but Barrow put it wide for Gateshead. Yeah. And the guy sits behind us said he's going to shoot it. Yeah, and I was like, no, yeah. he's going to put it to the back post, but he did end up
1: shooting. The O start to put more pressure on, and by the 23rd minute are on their 6th, corner as James Brophy puts in across Craig Clay heads James Montgomery in the Gates head goal tipped it over that was a superb header yeah, uh, actually and their keeper did well I'm not sure if it was a camera I he think it's one want of them he has got to save it and it's you know, probably just the. Dead. if it goes in the goal game. you're
2: probably disappointed as mm. the the opposition that we score, but like you say, it looked a little bit more glamorous. Decent though well. because it just was just going to creep in. Yeah, under it was the good crossbar. enough. Yeah.
0: I think at this yeah. point we were really starting to kind of put put grow put, put, the, put the cushion. We were looking yeah. better, starting to use the wins really effectively. And Gates we were not really offering much. And in the 30th minute, a great chance for us to take the lead. We broke. Kramer played a superb curling pass into the path of Brophy. He was running into the box. Brophy. Done exactly the right thing. I think he shaped his shoot but yeah, switched it class. back across yeah, the goal. Disguise, yeah. Yeah, really was. really done well. You know, Bond couldn't have asked for a better ball, really into him. Ball came to Bond, we had time and space from about six yards out. We were kind of getting ready to kind of stand up and celebrate uh, but he shot and it was saved by Montgomery. I think, you know, for me I think he just had to smack it into the corner, but I think it was a bit scuffed it a bit and the keepers made a decent save to be fair, but I think Bond yeah, would be I very disappointed if not to yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want people to think that we're suddenly sort of just sort of turning on bond.
1: That's that's no, not I don't, the case. I don't know, I don't know at all. Uh, but strikers are scoring goals and keepers are saving goals. And, and no question in my mind that that really should have been a goal, but it wasn't in the thirty second minute. Orient growing into the game now, causing lots of problems for Gateshead on both flanks as Joe Wooderson has the ball outside the box. Nobody closed him down, so he went and had a shot that is well saved by Montgomery.
0: That was a good solid shot.
1: There no, it was a
2: good strike. Yeah, his yeah. weaker foot as well, wasn't it, if I remember rightly. Was it on his right foot? Yeah,
0: I think it might, have, think been. It might have been actually, yeah. yeah. I think he just had the ball and no one came to him. He just looked so, up which so was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, decent and 36 minute Then It was coming. He always go one up right? as Josh Caroma gives Orient the lead. So he picked up the ball when Sargates his hard half, drove forward, and again no one went to him. So he looked up. Just bang. Shot superb from 25 yard, 25 yards out, flew past the keeper into the back of the net and he scored his second goal in the FA Trophy what a goal there from very Josh good. he scored yeah. a similar one
2: um, Dover yeah he scored a similar really really similar one against uh, was it the friendly against Haringey, Haringey. yeah oh, yes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago he scored really similar it was very very similar actually um, that was where he carried about. the ball that's a real strength for Josh that, that he can travel with a ball in a manner that he did and then and then to have the ability to strike from from that yeah. distance as well It's was a really good goal mm. it? yeah smacking to really the ball no goal.
0: chance for the keeper I like know we've already covered last three and four games Josh has been on fire yeah, yeah.
1: really
2: yeah. great
0: to see and when he is
1: on form he's really almost unplayable um, great goal well deserved he doesn't score tappings though does no, he does. he nice <laughs> no, really doesn't to have that he yeah. keeps Lovely scoring habit. really good goals uh, that goal put Orient into the ascendancy and at this point there's only one team in it really in the 42nd minute Jake uh, Caprice and Josh Caroma link up well and Caroma's cross is tipped over um, by Montgomery I'm oh, sorry tipped up by Montgomery in the Gateshead goal the ball spins up for a slight moment, it looked like it was about to spin into the goal, but he gets down uh, and
0: grabbed the loose ball. Yeah, and one minute of added time is played, and half-time also goes with Orient 1-0 up at half-time. Yeah. Uh, Ross, what was said to the boys at half-time in this one?
2: Don't rest on it, really. Um, you know, the fact that, yeah, we're 1-0 up, and we have been 1-0 up in, in recent games, and we've defended that lead pretty well, but we felt that we were in a comfortable position to keep, Going, you know, keep going, keep, yeah. keep taking the game to the mm. opposition, and and um, we had a couple of tactical bits that we we discussed about people's positions that were going to affect the opposition's formation and where we felt that we could really hurt them and what we were going to be able to do in you know in, in terms of you know particular personnel in, in in certain areas of the pitch that we were going to be able to to really affect them. So it was a little bit you know more of the same in terms of the way that we'd finish the half strong, if you like. Um, and to and to try and stay on the front foot rather than, you know, trying to, a lot of the ways that we've discussed in terms of the way we approached the, the Chester and the Foul games, but, to you know, almost like a little bit of a reverse of that, to try yeah. and stay aggressive and stay up the pitch and keep forcing them back because we felt like there was more goals in it.
0: Yeah, for me, you know, a well, you know, we were well worth our lead at half-time. Yeah. You know, we looked comfortable at the back. I don't remember Brill having to make a save. Up front, looked effective on both wings and the Gates of the DeLonore fans who we spoke to at half-time for the live stream both, both alluded to that, so I they were well worth their, their lead at half-time.
1: Absolutely, and once we got going, we were in full control. Gateshead didn't even create a chance, and Dean Brill was really just a passenger, which is exactly how we would want, we would want it to be uh, in all games. There were 3,771 uh, in attendance that day, with 65 away and many more
0: watching internationally. Yeah, second half kicks off with no subs O's. We started the second half similar to the first half, well on top, playing well in the 51st minute. Clay Cromer and Bond combined uh, as Bond tried to find Howard, and Maybe a shot was the better option.
3: Yeah,
1: but it was coming in the 52nd minute. Uh, Orient go 2-0 up as Ebu Adams scored his first goal for the club as Jake Priest did brilliantly on the right-hand side, beat his man for fun and pulled the... Ball back for Ebu, who smashed the ball hard into the top corner past the keeper. And at this point, we really feel that we're heading into the semi finals. And for me, that was a really, really, really well worked goal. Um, And Ebu, who's fast becoming one of my favourite players, took that really, really well. I've seen so many of these shots rosetted.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think Ebu does, to be honest. I think when we, uh, (laughs) it's a bit of a running joke that goes on sometimes when we when we work on finishing in training is that at times some of it can be a little bit erratic but um, he's had a couple of good opportunities in games where uh, I think it was the Tranmere game where he hit one that just went went just wide uh, there was one of the away games when he had another one that he that he bent and it just just went past the post so he he was very clever and it was a, it was a fantastic strike yesterday. Yeah, well, I mean he'll
0: take the plaudits, but again Caprice, great ability from Jude yeah. made his man like an absolute four I think he done him once and then done him twice and he pulled the ball back and mm. you know fantastic play there. And fifty fifth minute the first Wembley chance we heard around Brisbane Road, but we know better than that not to sing yeah. that song until the full time whistle. Yeah, and in the fifty second seventh minute Wembley chance uh,
1: looked to be justified as he has got a free kick on the left. Josh Caroma put in a peach of a cross and Josh Coulson was there with his forehead to um, to head the ball down. The ball squirmed under the legs of Montgomery and made it 3-0 to Orin. And it looks like we're just going to steamroll this at this point for me. Great jump by Josh uh, as he out-jumped the Gateshead defence.
2: Yeah, it felt like that, didn't it? It felt like that at that time. We um you know, as we said, what we discussed at half-time, we felt like there was more goals in it and that we could continue to be aggressive. Um, and, and the boys executed that really well. You know, couldn't couldn't have been more pleased with mm. that response to what had been yeah. discussed at half time and, and the way that they went out and ex- executed it and, and like we've, we talked about earlier on about seeing teams off probably the wrong phrase because we all know what's coming but um, it looked as if it had that you know, yeah. it had that f- look and feel about it didn't it for the, for when, when we was at that stage of the game and another
0: set piece goal we've seen quite a few lately again great ball from Karoma right, yeah, yeah. really yeah, good yeah. delivery we had a
2: couple in the last game um, away to Chester that, where we felt he was a little bit trying to be a bit too cautious with the way that he delivered the ball into the box so we asked him to be a bit more aggressive in terms of hitting with a little bit more pace which then means obviously you, you haven't got as much margin for error but it's more of a threatening ball no. or delivery into yeah. the box for the opposition and then as a as a, as, a, as a, someone attacking it in the box you haven't got a bit, quite as much pace on you haven't got to generate as much you know, if you're trying to edit, you ain't yeah. got to try and generate as much power. You can use the delivery or the pace on the ball to try and guide it into the goal or a little flicker and it ends up sending it in whether it's one of ours or one of theirs. So we asked Josh to, to try to deliver with a little bit more intensity and that's what he'd done for Yeah, that. fantastic.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. In the 58th minute, Setson there in trouble. Gates have made a double substitution. Jordan Burrow and West York are replaced by Reese Greenwood and Danny Johnson. So for me at this point... I think I've alluded to you, everyone the movement was fantastic off the ball, everybody wanted it, you know, everyone was showing and running and like we've alluded to at this point, it just seemed like we were going around circles around
1: them. Yep, sixty nine minutes gone, Gateshead give themselves a lifeline as they pull a goal back as Scott Barrow beat Jake Caprice on their left. Crossed the ball in, and Danny Johnson is all alone in the box and scores a, a very easy tap in. We switched off there. Poor defending by us. And we seem to have sort of relaxed a little bit. We seem to have gone three up and think actually that's kind of job done when actually
0: there's still quite a lot of the game to play. I think yeah, the yeah. left back Scott Barrow is fast. Caprice
2: isn't yeah, I slow. I don't know where he found that from because yeah. to be honest, early in the game he never 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 showed that, did he? I no, never no. saw that at all. And he opened up on on uh, on on Jake on that one, and it you know left him behind on that I think it was that goal was alongside some of the others but that one there is like the, the beginning of of the of the rot if you yeah. like because he's sloppy and lazy and, and something that we discuss and work on and, and have shown and analysed with the boys about marking in the box that might sound like an obvious comment to people but you know, when when a forward makes a run to try and lose a defender, it's not an easy thing or an art to to, try, to, to manage. Yeah. But your priority, in my opinion, when the, when a cross comes into the box, has got to be your opponent. it Has got to be a centre forward, a winger that's coming into the box. And if we can make our priorities getting in contact and being diffi- you know, making it difficult for those players, then naturally the finish or the cross or whatever the, the, that particular happens on that particular moment with that particular player becomes tougher for that for that yeah. man in a box mm. and, and we didn't do that well enough there was a couple of money come across and, and, and Dan missed it um, and then obviously the man comes in at the far post and he's not marked not been dealt with and, and we give away a, a poor goal mm. and I think I, I just recalled saying to you Steve um, when the guys kicked it round
1: you did, Jake you I went Oh, thanks for giving that back because you're not beating Jake on the turn uh, from from no, standing start. No, unbelievable And I was like, yeah. oh my god, he has actually just beaten him. So I was really shocked by that.
0: I think that guy probably well. gives him a bit more confidence. You
1: know, well, gives I think a bit what, it, like, what it does to, to you as well.
2: What it does to you as well is um, you free one down away from home in a cup game. You're go you've got it, nothing to lose, obviously. Yeah. So you go right. I heard their bench at one stage go right. We'll go four up front now. You know, like, or, or at times we need us to be four up front. So, you know that they're going to f- throw everything at it because if they let another one in, It doesn't matter. So deal that yeah. That's 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 that's, no, that's not good enough on our part, but, like I say, they, it gives them, gives them a little yeah, bit of a fighting, it, fighting yeah, chance so. and you can't afford to do that as 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 uh, the Dover game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show. You, you can't afford to, to get sloppy because it can, it can yeah. quickly
0: change. In the 71st minute, Adams has to have treatment. Uh, and then this is followed up in the 73rd minute as he has to come off. So Ebu Adams comes off, Alex Lawless, uh, who comes off, Ebu Adams. And we hope Ebu uh, you know, recovers because I thought he was immense. got his first goal for the club but was running around that central area all over it. And he runs really yeah. well.
1: Game-changing moment for me. I think yeah. that's, that's a point in the sand to say that the game changed off the back of that. The first Gateshead goal and Ebu Adams coming off seems to throw the O's off and Gateshead start putting more pressure on and coming on to Orient and in the 75th minute Richard Penicay's shot is parried away from goal by Brill and we're inviting pressure
0: to a team who seem to be growing in confidence. Yeah, 78th minute 3-1 becomes 3-2 as Johnson was played in. Good boy actually to be fair and he got his second of the games. He finished well uh, as he puts the ball past Brill into the far corner. And suddenly, from being three nil down, Gateshead, was going right back in with twelve minutes left, as it's three two. Josh Caroma, did you want
2: to? No, I mean the only with that really is is like you say, the, the the first goal leads to yeah to to the possibility of the second one coming, and and, and, and what we stopped doing was so it, you you say about it, he's he's infectious, and he's he he plays at a, an intensity where he covers a lot of ground and puts pressure on the ball higher up the pitch, which means that the, the back line can be higher up the pitch as well. And then like I've said earlier, we're defending further away from our goal. And then what starts to happen? You let the first one in, you're under a little bit of pressure. We haven't we're not putting as much pressure on the ball higher up the pitch. We're getting deeper and deeper and 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 then those chances start to come and, and a pass that the guy plays, albeit it was a it was a fairly fairly good ball and a fairly good run. We're now defending on the edge of our box and any there's yeah. no margin for error because the minute that they break into your box there's an opportunity to, to get a shot off a yeah. goal and that's what happens. And, and now all of a sudden he's 3-2, they've got nothing to lose, they've got everything to throw at it and we're on the other end of it of we're scratching to try and get some yeah. sort of hold back into the game and uh, that's yeah, it's, it's disappointing that we've given them that opportunity in my opinion. We've given yeah. them that opportunity yeah. to get back yeah. in
1: it. 82 minutes, Josh Caroma comes off and he's replaced by David Mooney as the O's go 5-2. 1 2 formation. What was the thinking behind that change?
2: Well, it's funny when we we're discussing it, it's actually funny how you, how you read it out because we were looking at it as a five, a, sorry, a five three, three in the back, Yeah, with, with five or two in. like four across the middle, and moons in front, really, just to try and get more pressure on the ball further up the pitch because we weren't doing it in the current formation that we were doing it in by, by having moons. You could say behind the front two or in front of the midfield. Yeah. It's extra personnel to be able to do that, and then obviously with moon's quality on the ball, once he was getting on it, we would hope that he would yeah. be able to release uh, players that would be more of a threat going forward. Because you have to not only try and defend and hang on to the lead, but you, yeah. you know you need to be aggressive to try and get us up the pitch again. So that was sort of sort of the the the, the plan behind that. Um, just to touch it I don't know if it, we, we touched it, but when boo come off, it was. Through injury, you know, and a number of people questioned me after the game about what you take him off for. But yeah. I think we could all see that he went down. He went it was pretty obvious, yeah, obvious. By floor. And he I made think, the I think, um, yeah, he did. And, and he'd signalled it just before it had happened. And on Friday, he'd, he'd had some not pain, but he'd had issues in that area. So we were conscious yeah. of again, like we said, with George in the season, we don't want to lose players for extended period of no. times. So we've got we've got a we've got a, we've got a we're duty to, you know, to yeah. look after well, their welfare as well as as well as making sure that we try to go and win a game. And that, you know, that, that, Ibu isn't the sole reason why we never went on to no. to win no. it. That can't be an excuse. But um, that was the reason behind the behind the tactical change, if you like.
1: Did I see Joe Willison move from left-back to centre-back and Dan Happy go from left-centre-back to left-back?
2: No, so it was three at the back, like I say, there. So Josh Coulson... Mm. James was pushed up Yeah, right. and okay, it would make that it, people in their own minds would probably think I'll put Josh Coulson on the right because he's right-footed. But what you have to bear in mind sometimes in a back three is those two that play the sides of the free or the you know the right side centre half and the left side centre half are the ones that are more likely to get tested in the space down the sides and you end up defending like a fallback. Do you know? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, with the idea with that was that we felt that. Dan's probably a bit more mobile on the left hand side. Joe would have been a bit more mobile on the left on the right hand side. Albeit he's not that that foot, and Josh yeah. would be the one that could try to hold that middle and be a little bit more in a you know to be able to organise from from the centre of the pitch rather than being being in a wide on area side. Okay. So fair well, enough. Thank you
0: very much. much. Oh, yeah, it's eighty fifth minute. Mooney passed the Bond in the area. His shot was well saved by Montgomery. And at that point, if we make it four two, it's game yeah. I think we could have
2: made more of that. I think um, Moon's will be the first to admit that the first pass was probably a little bit overcooked for, for Macca to have got in in a good goal-scoring opportunity. And then I think once Macca's in the box, yes, we want to get a shot off at goal, but I think it was at a difficult angle for yeah. Macca to try to be the one to finish it off and with a little bit of a calm ahead and on another situation, I'm sure he would have, would have made a clearer yeah. decision. So it's a snapshot and I think, to be honest, I think off the back of that, that potentially was where the goal came from, the third goal. Not blaming Macca for it whatsoever yeah. but the fact that the ball went into the stand, yeah. came back quickly and their goalkeeper played out and they broke down that side of the yeah.
0: pitch. 88th minute Penneke has a free header and heads into the hands of Brill who safe comfortably there. And 90 minutes Brisbane Road is stunned as Gateshead score the
1: third and equalising goal as the ball is played high into the box by Jordan Preston and Richard Penneke beats Dean Brill to the ball and heads into the net and everybody's left stunned. I have to say I was absolutely furious when that yeah, happened. Tell me about um, yeah, we got ourselves into pole position, but we sat back, invited the pressure on, and we didn't really deal with it that well. So, yeah. yeah, I think I had the live microphone on the floor next to me, and I forgot myself for a minute there.
0: Yeah, a bit of a stunned silence, yeah. really. Um, what Except of me. Once. <laughs> at 3 the guy behind us said, oh, this is going to be a Dover. And I looked and just laughed at him and said, no, nah, no way. Because at that point, he didn't see <laughs> yeah, it Yeah, which, to time. be
2: honest, which that experience <laughs> means that it shouldn't have been. No. You know, sure. the fact that we went through that and, and, and people, you know, people I'm sure are aware, but we, we should be made aware that after that game, albeit everyone was on a massive high by the way that we went on to win it, it was made clear, you know, that that's not good enough, that you're 3-0 up away from home on that occasion. Um, you, you We've got to be, you've got to be seeing those games out. It led to an exciting finish and everyone comes away from it, you know, over the moon, but you can't be giving away three goal leads and certainly not at home and in the manner that we did that so that's that's what makes it even harder to yeah. take from our perspective is that the fact that we've been through that experience before
0: yeah so five minutes of stoppage time played full-time whistle goes and from being three and up, what yeah a peg back so we will do it all again at gateshead on tuesday night yeah absolutely um ross what was <laughs> within reason what
1: what yeah, you can tell, tell us about what was said I think, in the um, dressing room
2: I think what was what like saying what was said it'd be um you know, I, can't, I can't really even really give you the polite version because um there was a lot a lot that was discussed at the time that you know that we can only stay within those four walls but um some of it is related to the fact that we have shown a real uh strength of character we've shown a real resilience in terms of the performances and the defensive qualities that we've brought it brought to, the, brought to our, our game and brought to the squad over recent months so to go through that experience again um, after giving a free work free goal lead away and then off the back of the fact that we've been so difficult to play against and so resilient and strong uh, and then delivered a performance for the first 65 minutes or whatever it was mm. on Saturday you know it's not acceptable on on anyone's part and that that's all of us you know not for any means ever going to be one of them people that points the fingers at individuals, and certainly not at the group. It's all of us. We you know we need to make sure that that's not that's not that's not accepted, and and it don't don't happen again. We're in a real positive position. None of us sitting there thinking of Wembley in in the chairs mm. that we were in, but mm. we know and, and can get the feel of what how the crowd yeah. are feeling around the stadium at the time, and and we should be professional enough to go and see that out. At, you know certainly bare minimum of, of, of three nil. Yeah. So I won't give you too much detail as to what was said afterwards because uh, that has to stay where it's it a was. It's a family show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, well. and, yeah. and and I'm sure it would have um, it would have been a very similar. Yeah. Type of atmosphere for people that were walking out of the ground. Yeah. It would have been you know very similar to what was being said in the change. I guess the, the positive market. on
0: the back of it is even though it felt like a defeat, yeah. leaving the ground, we get a chance to go to the Gateshead. Yeah, or my my my,
2: uh, again, my, my misses is um, but like normally the. The rational one when when I've when I've got the ump about something in particular with football and she did say to me, "Well, don't forget you ain't been beat." Yeah, I think, yeah. All right, it, it certainly felt like that, but we have got another another go at it, albeit yeah. another another trick. Yeah. None of yeah. us ever want, but um, we have got another opportunity to go and put it right, and that's the one thing we have got to do. Yeah. We've got to put it right. Yeah,
3: absolutely
1: Brilliant. So. Post-match, we caught up with Justin Edinburgh, courtesy of Dave Victor uh, and his BBC London interview, which we're going to play out now. It's about three minutes. So here's Justin after Gateshead yesterday.
3: Well, Justin, thanks for joining us. I've looked at the forecast. It's minus four and snow in Gateshead on Tuesday night. We shouldn't be worried about those things, should we? No, I think we shouldn't be worrying about that because we shouldn't even be going. But uh, we are. Um, Can't tell you how disappointed I am. But uh, we have to accept that. Um, spoke about in the dressing room. We have to accept the responsibility I do, players do. Um, but, you know, we have to show a reaction to, to the disappointing end to what was a very, very bright start to a game. It was a great start, but why and where did it go so uh, that's well? An easy question. I if had the answer, I wouldn't have allowed that to happen. Um, I think momentum in games, I think we I think we come a little bit. Complacent, perhaps thought we were through. And I think once they got that first goal, you know, you can't, no matter how good you are or think you are, you can't always uh, turn the tide around. And and I think the tide had gone out on us and and they picked it up and and they took it on and credit to them. They uh, they had no fear that, you know, they were out of the competition at one stage and that that could become difficult. You know, with, with... we've seen games out the last two at 1-0 so we should be seeing it out at 3-0 Lost Adams at 3-0 and uh, what's the extent of his injury? Uh, He's he's had a you know he was a doubt for today so um, we had a mindset of probably getting for an hour which should have been enough so we've got enough quality in this squad to be able to replace that it's not just about one player, it's a responsibility and a collective and we haven't collectively seen this game out. But it started so brightly, there were two excellent strikes, particularly from young Josh Goroma. Those two, Josh and Abu, have been you know, very, very consistent and showed real maturity and pleased for both of them. You know, obviously Abu getting his first first goal for the club Josh another goal and um, yeah both playing very well How difficult is it for to lift these players up and you've got some difficult journeys potentially back to back to the northeast and then Torquay three Tuesday nights For us and for me it should be quite quite easy because I'm hurting I know our supporters will be hurting and I know the players are and like I say it's fortunate it's a cup competition we're in it we get a replay Um and so we need to show a response and I've always said since I've been here that when we've had setbacks we've responded very well and I expect the same on Tuesday Finally for me can I ask about the other absentee to injury big George Elakobi, and Joby McInnes Yeah um, obviously George is ill um, and probably wouldn't have made the game uh, through the hamstring still a bit tight from Tuesday night Uh, Joby's has been it's a deep nerve problem that you know, we were hoping, and we have to go for a procedure to see if it clears. Um, but he goes to see a specialist on Monday, and uh, we await the, um, the outcome of that. But hopefully, you know, once, if they can get the injection into the right area, then it, it should be uh, no problem going forward. So should I assume that Adams, Big George, and Joby will be out for Tuesday? No, I, I think we've I think we've caught a boo at times. George, you know, there may be a possibility he'll be back in. And, and Joby's, we don't know. If, if the injection is... Uh, is effective then you know I, I don't know that might be a bit too soon but hopefully if that that um, cures the problem then it, it shouldn't be too too long for Jovi because it's it's not a leg problem it's just a shoulder problem thanks just thank you
0: well, that was Justin Edinburgh speaking today Victor and thank you to Dave for letting us uh, use that interview and you can clearly hear the disappointment there uh, on Justin's face when he was talking there today post-match so your views on that match uh Mr Levy Yeah sorry mate this um, Ross is probably won't be too
1: too pretty reflect, but
2: probably reflect what a lot of people are thinking
0: Yeah really annoyed
1: absolutely gutted really frustrated that we've essentially thrown away a 3-goal lead superb strike got us off the mark from Josh Caroma just before half time A superbly worked goal finished by Ebu Adams and finally a good header from a set piece from Josh Coulson uh, the game changed when Adams went off and Gateshead subs had a really good positive impact for them uh, we were warned uh, about that previously. Alex Lawless for me was non-existent uh, and Matt Harrell for me didn't really do enough. It's probably one of his um, sort of more weaker games in my opinion. By taking Josh Karoma off and not replacing his position on the left felt that Jake Caprice was exposed. I think Gateshead uh, fully exploited this. We sat back and invited pressure too much was a total change from the first 65 minutes where we controlled the game by taking it <coughs> to them and I think what's what you were saying earlier where we were defending higher up the pitch with Ebu taking us forward and Josh and, and, and James on the wings pushing us forward and um, sort of really pen them back in their half as well. This now means we have a game to play
0: probably on Tuesday night if the weather doesn't put a stop to yeah. it bizarre match for me you know for being in total control three goes up we are lucky to escape with a replay I think first half we controlled the game like we've said and Josh Kromer scores a beauty and then, you know, by the hour mark we're three up due to Adams and Coulson which was great and you know we were bossing the midfield everybody wanted the ball the movement we are looking for the fourth and then you know Adams gets injured Gates had put a goal back and then mm. from there it was just a quick spiral as Gates said you know you get two goals and equalise and in the last minute I thought Adams, Kromer Brophy done well I thought Bonner had an off day you know and you know no we had Lots of negative tweets and lawless, And I thought I thought a few tweets about how we were unfair actually. I thought how we'd done okay. Uh, you know, even though we drew, we've already touched upon it. It does feel like a defeat in somewhat, mm-hmm. but we're still in the draw for the semi-finals. And it wouldn't surprise me if we go to Gateshead and get a 1-0 win. And I called it earlier when we beat Bogdan by saying we're going to win this oh, game. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry I to say that. it with the assistant manager sitting next to me, but I still think we're going to win this bad boy. Okay, fair You'd enough. Right. Yeah,
1: uh, hopefully you are. So those were our views, your views. We had quite a lot coming in. Uh, so Paul our underscore Abuthnot said it was the best of games. It was the worst of games.
0: Chucking away a three goal lead, is, uh, goal lead is unforgivable. And we looked lost after Ebu came off. Boatsy says, simply unacceptable to throw away a 3 lead at home. Why can't we see our games and be more disciplined? Another long journey now, which is going to impact the remaining games. But we still have to believe... Um we can get through Ross is it up to you whether you want to read the tweets from this one because No, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I've
2: got to take the rough for the smooth. At down underscore south, one nil no singing, two nil no singing, three nil, we're on our way to Wembley. Three three, we're on our way to Gateshead. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> At Samuel LOFC ninety-seven said, embarrassing
1: to throw another three-goal lead away. Harold is the worst target man I've ever seen. All three of their goals were poor defending. Adams coming off, changed the game. Uh, he And he ran the game.
0: Lawless didn't cover like Adams did. But Pierce Race team says, I would laugh if I wasn't crying. The biggest crime is they got away with this once already this season. We didn't learn anything uh, from the match at Dover.
2: Oh, I agree. Good point. Um, right At Wrecker, Blue App, is yeah. that right? Best yeah. Game of the season going forward. Thought we looked a threat. Almost every time we broke and for the first 70 minutes was almost flawless. We always looked suspect at the back. Uh, but to draw that was totally unacceptable. The players know that Adams is a quality signing. Though. I mean,
0: it's a good point about, you know, the first 70 minutes attacking-wise, yeah. every time we drove forward, we looked like we were going to score.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, I, you know, I'm not 100% in agreement with we always look suspect at the back because we've, we, we said we looked like we'd addressed that recently. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, we, we did look very suspect in the latter period. So, um, like I say, it, it was unacceptable. No one should be throwing away a 3-0, mm. 3-0 lead. nil mm. lead.
1: Osfan fan Basing tweeted saying, "We just stopped concentrating, stopped playing, started to do stupid flicks, closed people down before they cross for Christ's sake. Bon and Happy were poor today, gutted, and a trip to Gateshead is the last thing we needed." It's very
2: so. It's very interesting with that because it is right, like stupid flicks, but it's about maintaining a standard. Like that was a big thing that we, you know, we've been we've discussed about trying to make sure that we are professional continuously in the way that we do things, whether it's. 3 nil up or whether it's one nil up yeah. or it's 0 nil, nil, it's about doing the right things all the time. Or you know, don't get with players, make mistakes. But you know, imposing yourself and doing the right things as much as possible and being mm. professional in everything that you do and whether or not there was stupid flicks, I get what he's saying. We we, we lowered and, and reduced our standards and, and, and didn't continue to perform in the manner that we had done in the first sixty 65 65-70 minutes, which isn't good enough.
0: At taser Junior. So, it's not sure what's worse, letting three slip or trying to get a burger in the south stand. <laughs> if Gates had battled their way back, I could understand, but we just stopped playing. Only good thing is that there was an extra time, or we'd be out.
2: Uh, at I am underscore MO, We totally switched off, but credit to Gates said double subs who made a real difference for them. We're going to have to do it the hard way.
3: Yeah,
1: at only one team. So we scored two scorches today,
2: and at three 0 the game was done. Adams comes
1: off and the tackle stopped. We didn't game manage Gateshead and once they scored there first,
0: we stood off too much. You have to compete until the final whistle goes and we didn't today. At pint of wallop says we went free up and invited them onto us. They had nothing to lose and we paid the price. All three goals started from their left-hand side, which is a worry. To lose a 3-0 lead once is bad, but to do it twice in a month is unforgivable for the few hardy souls from Gateshead. Full respect. Uh, uh, Ed
2: Jones, 1976. Don't understand how this side... Can see how tough one nil away games, but look terrified at three 0 up at home. Weirdly, the best and worst I've seen us play under Justin, uh, all in the same match.
1: Yeah, at Orient Underscore Viking said Gateshead were awful. Let's not sugarcoat it. An appalling twenty minutes gifted them a replay. Lawless should be ashamed of himself after that performance.
2: I think it's a difficult one there. With that, is you know we, we uh, we lost our momentum in that period of time once Al came onto the pitch. I think, but it. Alex Lawless didn't give away the free goals, you know. Whether people mm. actually, yeah. you know, think he had a good game or not, he's up, you know, totally up to people's opinions. Have gotten, you know, would never mm. disagree or argue with that. Um, but we have to remember that the team in general didn't perform for the last twenty minutes, which allowed the opposition back into the game. was mm. um, on the pitch in that period of time, of course he was, but it's a it's a collective. It's sort of the reason why we give. Them an opportunity to have a, you know, and we've got to go and have another go yeah. at it. So, you know, I totally respect people's opinions on 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 individuals, and they're totally entitled to that. But at the same time, it's not down to one player as no. to why we threw away a three-goal lead. It just shows
0: you the level you have to be at consistently for ninety minutes throughout, just to I'm make sure, sure you know you yeah. get the result. At Stassi Stassi says not replacing Karoma like for like gave their left back the freedom to get forward time and time again. Left Caprice totally exposed. The left back made all of their goals. At no, that's you. Sorry, I was just about at to read your
2: one. Gorillas 1985. Apart from bomb missing a sitter at nil nil, I don't remember any of our forwards working the goalkeeper. How Mooney isn't in the team over Harold is ridiculous. Lawless did nothing but hold his hands up when he came on. Reynolds was surely the better sub for Coroma.
1: And final word this week goes to at Pandemonium 1881, who said players 1 to 11 plus management team take a long hard look at themselves totally totally naïve from the 65th minute onwards Stop playing stop pressing and stopped defending let's just hope they can put it to bed in the replay otherwise this will be a massive opportunity miss so let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the comments and tweets that we've had uh, today uh, in this week's podcast let us know what you think by tweeting us at or in Outlook or email us or
0: in Outlook at Outlook.com yeah. so Prediction League update then so unsurprisingly there were no correct predictions of free or for this match so the top of the prediction league is the same as last week, as Bill underscore Johnson UK leads on 23 points, followed closely by Lawton Gamps on 18 points, and at Wings Mad on 17 points. As, as always, thank you for all your predictions. There'll be two matches this week to predict your results on. Absolutely. Sunday the 25th of February, that's today as we record, the
1: ladies team were in action against Charlton in the semi-finals of the Capital Senior Cup. And despite
0: taking the lead, unfortunately, the ladies were beaten 3 2. So unlucky there. Yeah, very unlucky. So yeah. let's round up the podcast in. So, fantasy football update Dave Hyatton still leads the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League on 1,612 points, 13 points ahead of Rob Langley in second place. <laughs> I am in 44th place. I had a howler of my captain this week. Did you? What did you, you B- have? Kane. And I should have had Salah. Uh, well, Kane still scored. Yeah, but 12 points S- opposed to 20. Oh, shame. Yeah. Okay,
1: fine so margins. Positives and negatives this week. So we start with the positives as always. Great away win uh, at Chester earlier in the week. Brofing, Coroma down the wings, looking like a real handful and a real threat. And obviously, we're still in the hat for the FA Trophy. Yeah, so
0: three positives to take. Absolutely negatives. You know, throwing away three goal lead versus Gateshead's First one, second one. You know, the injuries to experienced players are telling now a bit on the pitch. You know, Joby and George were absent yesterday. You know, if George is on the pitch yesterday, maybe it goes a bit differently. And to add to that, you've got Dayton, who's still injured, and Charlie Lee. Uh, And the third negative, I think a few tweets alluded to it, is a replay, you know, a long trek up north. And with the weather like it is at the moment, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be a while before that fixture is actually paid, which leads to a
1: congested fixture. Fixture. Yeah, Yeah. because we're going to be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for... Probably the rest of the season
0: if yeah. we progress.
1: Yeah, for a long time, yeah, aren't Melbourne. we? Yeah, so, yeah. um, okay.
2: Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, we do, and and. Uh, it's a nice uh, problem to happen, Yeah, of course it is. that's Right, you got a lot of podcasts
0: to uh, download for you, Ross. <laughs> Wouldn't
2: Yeah, this is <laughs> going to come. In just under two hours. Can this so in twenty-five.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> so hero of the week this week is going to go to <laughs> Ebu Adams. Yes. So, well done, Ebu. Top man. Um, So next week's fixtures, we've got two important fixtures coming up for the O's. Uh, uh, Firstly, we're at Gateshead, all being well, the weather holds up in the FA Trophy replay Tuesday the 27th of February after a thrilling 3-0 draw on Saturday. We look to see if Gateshead, at the second time of asking, make it to the semi-finals of the FA Trophy. However, with the weather outlook, as I say, um, there's obviously big questions as to whether or not. That's going to
0: actually take place. Yeah, and secondly, the O's travel to Dover Athletic in the National League on Saturday, the 3rd of March. So Dover, currently ninth in the National League on 54 points. So only one point from a playoff spot and they do have a game in hand. So this will be a difficult game, but anything can happen in football. As we saw when we went to Dover a few weeks ago in the FA Trophy and we're treated to a last-minute Mooney special, which won the game. It's also worth noting that the FA Trophy semi-final draw, I presume, is tomorrow on TalkSport 2. At one PM, if it follows the same pattern yeah, as all the other draws so is, yeah. we'll find out very shortly who we will play in the semi. Should we beat Gateshead away?
1: Yep. Yeah, now, um, Ross, just just quickly, because obviously if we're going to go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, yeah. Tuesday. Just give us a quick sort of overview as to how you prep, because obviously yeah. usually you go Saturday, Saturday, so you've got that midweek yeah. to re- to prepare. So just give us a quick overview about how you have to now alter that because obviously yeah, you've got
2: games. Yeah, I mean, games. the the, uh, the boys' recovery starts straight after the game, so there's like an optimum window of like an hour where mm-hmm. people say that they need to replace, they need to you know, get some energy back into them, so they need to eat. At times, it's, it's not, albeit in a athlete's diet, you would think that they would have to eat prim and proper and there's you know, pasta and chicken that's provided for them straight after the game, but on some away trips it might be that they, they get and have pizza or or things like that, so that they are eating to replace some of the energy that they've burnt off over that period of time. So obviously the recovery starts as soon as the game's finishes. some of the boys will have ice baths and things like that. That bit is almost sort of the player's preference. Some will do a cool down, some will stretch, some won't, some will ice bath, some won't. But it's about the individual preference because with sports science there's a lot of real... Clarification mm. as to what works and what doesn't, but there's also a lot of grey areas, and, and it's about trying to do the best by the individual. Yeah. Again, similar, really, with the Sundays. Um, Sundays on some occasions, um, you will do recovery sessions. There's not a huge amount you can do one because of facilities, um, two because of what you can actually do with yeah. them. So you're not going to get them out and get them training because it'd be a, it'd be suicide in terms of. You know, them picking up injuries. Right. So sometimes we've done pool sessions. Sometimes we give them the day off so that they get a chance to recover. Because some players will travel. Uh, Barry's let us use um, mascals on a couple of occasions where where he's obviously where Matram's based and they've got a pool there. So, okay. but the positives and negatives of that is right. some players will drive an hour to get to Brentwood to go in a swimming pool for forty five minutes or stretch. Or, so they're not weighing up is the distance covered or the time spent traveling going to imbalance the you know the actual recovery session so sometimes we've done that where we get them in together and 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 put something on for them other times they're allocated specific um, things or sessions for them to do to exercise to to, again to speed up their recovery Um, again relying on their professionalism but we've got a group of good good pros really that we feel that We'll manage that process at times when we do that. So it's about trying to get the balance right. That some weeks we'll put it on for Some some weeks we won't. The balance of people being able to spend time at home doing their recovery with their family, you know, having yeah. their family time because of the travel travelling that goes on with being in and the time spent away from from your families. We've been involved in professional football, so that's our a Sunday can look albeit I'm not sort of completely clarified it but that's how it no, can no, look depending so, on what, varies, one we, yeah. what one we choose to do with them um, and then tomorrow will be a little bit different to a normal Monday a normal Monday if we were playing next Saturday would be the boys would almost do like a second day recovery session where they're out they're training it might be some technical work with a ball after a warm-up it might be some possession work where it's on bigger areas and players have got a little bit of time and it's not short, sharp and reactive, again not wanting to risk them for injury, so they'll spend probably 45 minutes out on the pitch, working with the ball, working to open up their legs and get them moving again and you know clear yeah. out their systems if you like, and then they go back inside and they'll do any of their recovery work whether it be with the physios, whether it be massage, whether it be A lot of the sports science equipment that they've got now, nursing little niggles and injuries, in the gym, on the bikes. Again, a lot of that is specific to the players' needs. Someone like Josh Caroma probably needs something different to what Josh Coulson needs. So, obviously, within the means of the facilities that we've got, the manager likes to have them all outside, working together as one big group, and then they break. So, again, ordinarily on a normal Monday, I would then have the, the boys that haven't played or have only played minimal minutes at the weekend that would do a lot more physical work to make sure that they're catching up or trying to replace what they've missed out on by not playing in the team at the weekend. Sure. That will differ a little bit tomorrow because we're preparing for a game again. So there would be a little bit more work, but then yeah. at the same time, understanding that they've played a game not so long ago and then they're going to have a huge Tra- amount of travel mm. in place. Um, the plan at the moment, which reflects what we did at, at Chester... Um, would be that we leave pretty early on um, on Tuesday morning to try and travel up as quickly as we possibly can so that we can eat the boys can rest they can eat their pre match meal and, and, and get mentally and, and physically prepared to go and go and win on Tuesday night.
0: Right, fantastic insight. Thank you very much. And then
2: just to cover the rest of the week it would be again, probably getting home at three, Soon. four o'clock in yeah. the morning on, on Wednesday, so they're left to their, they'll be left to their own devices to sleep off and recover from the game and the journey and then Thursday will be a little bit more upbeat as we start to sort of make our plans and preparation for for Saturday's game.
1: Cool. Thank you. That's really helpful. So if you're going to any of the games, have a safe journey and why not tweet us and tell us uh, about your journey. So that is it for this week. Thank you very much indeed for joining us in this what is now a bumper episode. I
0: think you'll all agree it's been absolutely worth it for the fantastic insight that Ross uh, has given us. Yeah, it's been a busy week at the Orient. It's off the pitch. We saw Dean Brew and Joby McEnough sign new contracts. The club announced a new catering partner, meaning new food is to be sold in the stadium with immediate effect, and also announced a deal with a new short sponsor, bringing in more income and publicity for our club. And on the pitch, went over Chester midweek so I was claiming clean sheet and another three points as we climbed further away from the bottom of the National League And another strong performance under Justin which was followed by a cracker of a tiny FA trophy away to Gateshead which finished 3 all after the O's had gone 3-0 up in the first Leighton Orient game to be live streamed internationally ever Ross, any final words? Any message to the fans?
2: I think um, first of all you know, everybody's disappointed off the back of the way the game turned out at the weekend and everybody understands the frustrations that everybody's had. Yeah. But I suppose on behalf of, of myself, the manager, and, and the players, obviously, you know, we we're all disappointed. And we apologise for for letting that that happen. And what you what you all do need to know, and you can all be rest assured, is that well today, from the moment, moment that I wake up and start to analyse the game, back into to tomorrow morning, everything will be done to really refocus and get us back on track to try and grab hold of that first 65 minutes that we put out at the weekend to try and get a consistency in terms of the way that we've approached the recent away games and get us in, albeit we are in the hat and that's a positive, but to get us not just in the hat but ready for those two semi-final legs that we're going to have um, against whoever we're drawing against tomorrow, so let's try and hang on to that positivity and that feeling that we can go out and there's still a, a trip to Wembley. In the FA Trophy available to us at the end of the season, and if we can if we can do that and carry some momentum on, you never know whether there might be two. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. Hey, there we go. <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much indeed for giving up your whole Sunday evening to be with us, coming uh, to join us. Really appreciate that. Good luck for Tuesday if it goes ahead, uh, and obviously for the rest of the season. We're going to be back with episode one three five next week. Uh, it be a bumper one again, because there'll probably be two, or well, yes. there might be one, but it could be two games to cover, and we'll be having, uh, including all the
0: information and views that you could ever need. Yep, so if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. If you have an old relative or loved one who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone and download it for him. It couldn't be simpler and a quick plug for our mugs. You know, if they're still available, you can get them um, through us for our Twitter or our email at outlook.com Seven pounds for one, twelve pound for two, three pounds for postage. It couldn't be easier. Uh, it really couldn't. Um, or you can pick them up at a home games.
1: So we're gonna play you out this week uh, with a song uh, that we haven't played uh, for a little while. <laughs> oh, oh, he's got his uh, oh, oh, he
2: own one. My kids <laughs> would be absolutely over the moon. There you that go. there would be about seven cups of tea drunk out. They're
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for the dishwasher as well. I've tried <laughs> it a few times. So we're gonna play you out this week uh, with a song that we think is pretty pertinent. Um, we asked it in the hat, so don't stop believing. Have a great week. Up the O's and thanks for listening. Yeah, up the O's.